Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get that. Seattle Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 201. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So I was taking the kids to school today and the babysitter, and I was tuned into the opening drive with Randy Carricker, Brooke Grimsley, and Kerry Davis, our guy Matt Rocchio as well. And I was listening, and I, they, they're doing a blues segment, and they had a guest on. And I kept listening. I'm like, Okay, that's Jamie. Jamie has mentioned that before. Jamie talked about that. Jamie <laughs> talked about that yesterday. Why isn't this guy giving Jamie any credit? He's just flat out stealing everything that Jamie said yesterday in the fast lane, specifically on Tory Krug. I was, I was almost like word for word. He had to be furious. I was furious. I'm like, who is this? You know what? And why is he not copywriting Jamie? It was Jamie. <laughs> I realized, uh, I don't know if you were on your cell phone or you sound, to me, you sounded different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was on my cell phone. I mean, I how else would I be talking to the man? I don't know. Well, I don't know. You think I had, like, what? An office. You're Jamie Rivers. You probably got an office with a phone in there. Oh, yeah. One of those big speaker phones, those yeah. cool ones, those conference call things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't I have I picture that. my Jamie Rivers in business mode at his office. <laughs> Feet up on the desk. No. But I was, I'm telling you, for about 30 to 35 seconds, I was furious <laughs> with this guy not giving you any love. Uh, it was you, though. It was definitely you. Uh, you sounded different to me, buddy. But the information was still stellar. Well, thank you very always. much. I appreciate that. What did you think of the Blues last night against the uh, Marsh led Black Jackets? The Black Jackets or, or the Columbus Blue Jackets. Look, I, I like. What I'm seeing right now from the Blues in the fact that, yeah, okay, they, they won two games, they lost one game. It's not about the wins and losses in preseason. However, I will say this. Coaches used to always say that, oh, it's not about the wins and losses. Go 0-7 in preseason. See how you feel about yourself. Yeah. You don't feel great. The goal differential of about just, a minus 12. You just go 0 for gopher, and you're going to feel like crap no mm-hmm. matter what. So it's nice that the Blues are winning some hockey games. But I like the style of play. Yeah. I really like the style of play. We're getting glimpses at certain line combinations that might be, certain power play units that might be. And so far, I haven't been disappointed. Kevin Hayes, his first game in a Blues uniform last night, he looked good. Mm-hmm. He looked like everything that you need from a guy like that. And he'll just progressively get better, too. More comfortable, better chemistry, more confidence, all those things. Nick Ritchie. Welcome aboard, Nick. He looked better, huh? He looked good, yeah. Throwing his weight around out there. It's almost like he, like somebody at practice said yeah. to him, hey, let's ramp this thing up a little bit. You know what? First game in Wichita against Coyotes was, you know, not great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. Just kind of, yeah, you didn't notice him, right? You're on a PTO. You're so. on a PTO. You want to be noticed. Let's go. Last night, noticeable. Gets an assist on the power play. Which, you know, people haven't talked about that. He spent an awful lot of time on the power play last year. Uh, I believe his equal amount of time on the power play as Braden Shen did last year. 
And so he's able to play offensively. He loves being camped out in front of the net. He loves being physical. Finally, he's being physical with a purpose. Got a couple of big hits and then a big fight against St. Louis's very own mm-hmm. Josh Dunn. Dunner, good job last night. His kids, it's an awesome family, the Dunn family. They've got Jincy Dunn, plays for the U.S. women's Olympic team. Jessica was at Ohio State. Uh, Joy has got a, f- a full ride going up to Minnesota, I believe. And Josie's got a f- had a full ride at Minnesota. Damn. Like just a family full of athletes. No kidding. Uh, and just a great kid as well. Um, but, you know, Nick Ritchie took care of business there. Got him with the left at the end. Unfortunately, the jersey came up over his head. I'd like to get a little truth serum and put it in Nick Ritchie's water. Because as a veteran hockey player, as preseason would happen and you've spent a number of years in the league, sometimes you just don't tie down. For the fact that... So the tie down, yeah. Anthony, is a strap that's put on the back of the jersey. And it goes through a loop on your hockey pants, and you Velcro it and snap it so your jersey can't come up over your head. Okay. So, you know, the old jersey over the head thing used to be a thing, right? So guys started to tie down. They'd put a quarter in their jersey and a skate lace and wrap it so that you couldn't get your jersey pulled. So then the hockey world got smart and said, oh, why don't we just put a real, like a tie down inside the jersey? Yeah. So then there was a phase where guys wouldn't tie down. Bob Probert, Rob Ray, these guys would shed their gear like they're tearaways in the NBA, and then there's nothing to hold on to. If you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me throwing fisticuffs. You're not going to be grabbing jersey. 100%. Yeah. What are you going to grab onto? So right. then the league said, no, no, no. Back to the tie down. If you don't tie down and the jersey comes up over your head, you're out of the game. Hmm. No, no more unfair advantage. Back to my original statement. Nick Ritchie's a veteran guy. I'm not saying he didn't want to play, but... You get in a fight in preseason, like, yeah. So the jersey comes up over your head. Yeah, it's all right. We'll get him next game. <laughs> <laughs> or Coach, I'll be ready next time, huh? That's just my opinion. Sure. That's just my opinion. And I think Nick Ritchie probably regrets not having the tie-down clip because he has more work to do. He has more to prove to this team. Craig Berube has been very complimentary of Nick Ritchie so far, but he's got to keep that momentum going. When you're on a PTO, man, you don't get the 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 the, the leeway that you want. Like Nick Ritchie's going to play a lot of games for the Blues coming up here. They want to make sure that if they're buying the product, Anthony, mm-hmm. that they know what the product is. And I think they also want to see can he consistently be a difference maker. But I'll tell you what, the big thing that I noticed was the size of the Blues, and that's not just their full lineup either. We're still got you know split squads and stuff. There's going to be some cuts. I believe today um, there's a portion of players that are going to be returned back to junior and whatnot. So you'll see more of the team in the next week to 10 days, and they'll pare it down still, obviously. But you're seeing the size. You get Torpchenko, Sunquist, and Richie out there. 6 6, 6 3, and 6 3. That's some big dudes, and they're all physical guys. Yeah. And Torpchenko skates as fast as anybody out there. So now you've got this minivan basically running around the ice smashing into people Mm -hmm. so i I like that i like their puck possession game i thought malcolm suban was great again like this guy's pushing man yeah like joel hofer is definitely their guy you know but if there's ever a doubt or there's an injury or a slight tweak like craig berube's gonna have the ability to go you know what malcolm suban played freaking unbelievable for us let's give him a shot he's got some nhl experience he knows what it's like he's been a backup before he knows his role 
So a lot of positives to pull from last night. If there's any team that proves that having goaltender depth is very important, it's the Stanley Cup winning Vegas Golden Knights because they used about 680 <laughs> goaltenders last year on the to winning the Cup. You're not yeah. wrong. They went through, I think, four guys alone in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. But uh, nonetheless, it's nice to see some competition because I think we all went into training camp believing that, well, the goaltending is solidified, right? Yeah, solidified. Well, of course, Jordan Bennington's solidified. He's got the big contract. He's got the Stanley Cup ring. And he's proven to you that he can play at a high level. Joel Hofer has proven to you that he can play at a high level for a very short period of time. Now, the upside is tremendous with Joel Hofer. And I expect him to just continue to get better and better and better. But it's still nice. Still nice to have that other guy nipping at your heels. If you don't play well, you're not on top of your game. Or you just take, you know, take it for granted. It can be gone, man. Yeah. And so I like that competition. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltzer, the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh is here, and Andrew Marsh did serve his punishment this morning. I did, or this earlier this afternoon. Yeah. Kerry Davis wanted the mm-hmm. honors, which I thought was a little weird. Kerry was like, he was chomping at the bit, way almost. too excited to do yeah. it, and he wouldn't let anybody else intervene. He's like, "Give me that gun." Yeah. And he was like, Marshy wasn't even turned around, and he had no. it pointed at him. Right. He They're, was ready to fire. Marshy, the, did you feel at one point that you might just get shot in the chest? I, I well, I, I was, I looked like a <laughs> soccer player on the other team waiting for a free kick to go. If you know what they do with their hands, that's yeah. what I was doing for a second because you're covering Kerry the was sauce so gardeners. eager. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I, exactly. So I had to just make sure we were trying to get it on video, and we ended up doing it. Jackson came through with that. Put it yeah, on action. cinematic mode, by the way. Oh, I don't did know if you've wow. seen the video? No, I have pretty good. So where can we? Yeah, where yeah, can we find it? Because people are gonna say, "Well, we didn't see it, so it didn't right. happen." No, yeah. Marsh. I'll, I'll ask. For the video, maybe I'll put it on my social media. So okay, because Action Jackson from Our the listeners Party. want receipts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm and sorry. Uh, that's that's fine. That's fair. But yeah, Karen and I recorded a new Gridiron mm-hmm. Guys podcast, which will drop later on today, and. Carrie said, Who, who's getting shot this week for the punishment? And I said, oh, Marsh. He goes, I'll shoot him. Yeah. Which I was like, wow. But maybe it had something to do with week one. Because yeah. he got shot. Because he got mm-hmm. shot and Marsh got him on the Monday night game. So, so maybe there's the, a little... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe there's a little animosity whoa, whoa, whoa. building up. We can't up. have this going on with Yeah, yeah we're teammates here. Yeah. Like, I don't mind us holding each other accountable, yeah. but I don't know if we should be excited to do damage to I agree. Else. Maybe it's just internal competition. You know, hmm. that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. We'll have to have a little chat with Carrie. Just dive in there a little bit. And everybody outside of Jamie for the fast lane, we, we're close. I mean, everybody's kind of 8, 9, 10, right around there. Jamie's just crushing, crushing picks. I've been very fortunate. Told you. The puppy, the treats, it's all it's you, all in the, the right treats, the right time. You've been humble, mm-hmm. but you've been outstanding. And Thank you. It could have been you this week. We could were have close. been me. Yeah. We were super close. We were, we were close. I was close last week, too. I needed... Needed one of the teams to win on Monday night. Oh, I needed the Steelers to upset the Browns last last week, or else mm-hmm. I would have got. Yeah, I've. I, I'm playing a little too close, Jamie. You're hovering around that danger. Mark. Hovering around the danger zone. <laughs> yeah. But for those that want to know, I did get hit in the left cheek. Left cheek. Okay. It was it left was cheek. Upper left cheek. Upper too. left cheek. It was actually getting close to uh, the lower back territory. Sure. So yeah. I mean, I could have been out with a lower back injury today. I, I thought that at is first not the case. it was the spine, but Gary shot low yeah. so good so marsh has the sights might be compromised on that thing too sure so in fairness to carry mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's you fine know. so marsh did service punishment for the weekly punishment 
for our NFL Pick'em Challenge. You can still sign up if you haven't signed up or if you're, you're already ready to go. You can get your pick in for tomorrow night's game. It'll be Lions versus Packers, an NFC North showdown. Let's go, baby. Last time these two teams faced at Mm. uh, Lambeau Field. You know what happened. Week 18 a year ago, Mm -hmm. where the Lions upset the Packers. Ruined their playoff hopes when they had been eliminated. Yep. Now, of course, Jordan Love's under center, not Aaron Rodgers. So that's a fascinating matchup. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later on. We've got uh, Around the Horn. We've got Prove Me Wrong. we got NFL Fill in the Blank, which is always fun. At some point, we'll play the lineup game. But let's get into the Cardinals. Cardinals won last night. What a weird season for Miles Michaelis, who pitched very well last night. We'll kind of get into to him and his future next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I've been dealing with a lot of anger lately, you know, on the field and even on the golf course. It's spilling out everywhere. Uh, so this was a nice, this was a nice win for me. And it's important, you know, it's important to go into the into the off season with with a good idea of you know what I need to do and you know what kind of mindset um, that I should have. <laughs> Andrew Marsh, I think you nailed it. You you had said, hey, this is the clip I'm going to use. And what did you say? Because I think I think you're absolutely right. I said that I feel like some people could be a little upset with what he said about the golf course portion maybe thinking that he's not really all there mentally for baseball you know Mm. there's a little bit of golf on his mind yeah but you also you also said it should it shouldn't be a big yeah it shouldn't be a big deal and it's not but i sure she was thinking about winning there you go there it is (laughs) These guys were more concentrated on baseball and focused on baseball instead of the golf course. Maybe they would be in last. You get to do it soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. All right. So, Miles Michael has pitched seven innings of one run balls. Cardinals beat the Brewers last night, four to one, delaying at least for uh, for a, a game, a day, a night, that the Brewers win the NL Central. First time since July 27th that Michaelis has allowed fewer than two runs. He improves to eight and 10 with a 4.82 ERA. And he's going to make a likely another start uh, at home on Sunday against the Reds. We've talked about this a little bit before, Jamie. This has been an absolutely funky year for Miles Michaelis. It has been the epitome of a roller coaster ride. We we use that a lot, right? Like, wow, it's been a roller coaster. Check this out. When you look at just his monthly breakdowns, so March he had the one star because it was March thirty first. It was the or March thirtieth. It was the opening day start against the Blue Jays. That was the game in which he got tuned up to the to the uh, tune of ten hits allowed, five runs, all of them earned. Did strike out six, didn't walk anybody, but the Blue Jays just knocked him around. His ERA for that game thirteen point five. April ERA. In five starts, 5.08. So he starts the season, March-April combines, with just a disgusting ERA after six starts. May comes along. He throws. He, he has six starts in that month. ERA, 1.89 for the month of May. In June, five starts. ERA back up to 6.07. July. Not as good as May, but a respectable 4-1-8 in his six starts. August, back up to 5-5-9, and it really hasn't been good since that. September is a 5-7-0. This is the same guy. This is the same pitcher. Yeah. 
it went literally month to month with Michaelis whether or not he was going to be one of the worst pitchers in baseball to one of the best to one of the worst to solid to one of the worst again. I, I almost look at this season and say, to some regard, this has got to be an aberration, right? I'm not saying don't be concerned about Miles Michaelis next year. I'm not saying don't be concerned about the pitching pitching staff. You should be. There are big concerns. But this is so funky that I think if you just, just kind of look at Michaelis' season, you're like, okay, this is this is kind of a one-off. He stayed healthy. If he stays healthy next year, I think some of this is going to normalize again. And he's going to go back to being a solid two or three. See, I don't agree with that. Uh, I agree with part of it. I agree that this can normalize, and, and you know, what I think he's a three-four. I think what Miles Michaelis is now is a three or four. I think if you're expecting him to be a two or higher, that's where the Cardinals will make a mistake. So let's split the difference. Let's call him a three. Let's call him a three. It's All fine. Right. But don't expect like we for the last because last year was a really good year for Miles Michaelis. So coming into this year, we're like, well. You know, Jack Flaherty's probably the number one, and Michaelis is right there, too. Yeah. It can't happen. Miles Michaelis has to be a three. On your staff next year, in your rotation, Miles Michaelis has to be your number three pitcher. If he's two or one, you didn't do your job right. Something went wrong. Now, if he outperforms guys and whatnot, I mean, that happens, you know. But I think this is... What Miles Michaelis is, and he's not afraid. Like he said it too. He's like, "This has been a crazy year. It hasn't been a good year for me." He still might get to two hundred innings. So two hundred innings, like that. Yeah. Say what you want. That's a good number. He's he is he's somebody that you could still count on. Yeah. To eat innings. So yeah. if he's your if he's which your, is important if he's your number three starter and he's and he's pitching two hundred innings, that's a win. Mm-hmm. But this is where it's so imperative that the Cardinals get it right. They have to get a one and a two, and then backfill it after that because you don't know what Steven Matz truly is. You don't. The first year he's injured. This year, it was woof. And then it got really good to the point you're like, holy crap. And then he got hurt again. Mm-hmm. So quite honestly, I wouldn't count on Steven Matz to be in my rotation either next year if I'm the Cardinals. If he is, great. That's gravy. But right now, he hasn't proven to our organization that he can stay healthy. Yeah. And I understand injuries happen. He's not doing it on purpose. Totally. But no, he's been hurt. He's been he's hurt the last hurt. two it, two seasons. It just is what it is. Right. So if you're the Cardinals, before they get too carried away and, you know, Miles Michaelis is a two or, a, you know, and Matt's could be a three. No. No, Matt's, Matt's, Matt's is a, be, a five at, he, at the best. Yeah. And he That's has how you to be view it. on the outside looking in. Matt's has to prove he's healthy and can be consistent, and he's my number five. Mm-hmm. Zach Thompson, same thing. Anybody who wants to jump on that carousel and fight for those last two spots or the last spot in general, fine. But you have to get three legitimate arms. You have to get two guys that are better than Michaelis yeah. and one guy that's equal or slightly lesser. Mm-hmm. And then to me, Jamie, to, to your point, what do you think about this? I would sign three and or acquire three, three pitchers, three starters. And then I'm signing somebody that did not pitch well this year, that has a good track record. There's several guys out there. We've talked about this before. Luis Severino is not going to get paid. He's had a, He had a disastrous season for the Yankees. He was their former ace not that long ago. You sign him to a one-year deal. So I would sign three guys and, or acquire three pitchers, and then I'm signing a guy like that, and I'm saying, 
Go prove it in spring training. Mm-hmm. Go prove it in spring training because we can move Steven Matz to the pen or we can move one of these other guys to the pen. But I would essentially have four, to your point. I totally agree. No pushback here. I, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm getting four. And if I have an overflow, I'll figure it out. Right. I'll figure it out. Better have an over. Better to have an overflow of veteran pitchers as opposed to what you have had, which is an overflow of questions. Mm-hmm. The last two years, really, when you boil it down to, you've had an overflow of questions. Well, Adam Wayne, this year, let's just go through this rotation. This year, coming into the year, Adam Wainwright, was this the, the, the seven starts that he made at the end of the year? Is that real? Is that going to carry over? Question. Miles Michaelis, could he repeat what he did a year ago? Because he was excellent last year. Mm-hmm. Can he repeat it? Steven Matz, can he stay healthy? Jack Flaherty. What version of Jack Flaherty are you going to get? Remember, oh, that was the big offseason question. It still is. And then, <laughs> who's the who's the fifth? Oh, um, Jordan Montgomery. Can Monty carry over what he did in the second half last year? You had a bunch of questions year before. Same deal. Even though you saw, you know, uh, Drew Verhage and he could be the sixth guy. He, he was still a big question mark. Problem is, he wasn't signed to be a sixth guy. No, he was signed for your rotation, and then got kicked to the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, so that was. Again, a misevaluation of what they need. And what they had. Yeah, exactly. Pair them up together. And that's what concerns me a little bit about this offseason is that the Cardinals will believe that they have more options internally and the if factor on Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis will be more like, oh, we know they're fine. You don't. Yeah. I think Miles Michaelis is fine. I shouldn't put him in that category. But Steven Matz... I don't know what he is. I just don't. I think I think you have to believe in what you what you've seen in a Cardinals uniform. Okay, so do you he, believe that, bad, he's as bad as what you've seen, or do I, you believe he's as good as what he was? He was, he no, was freaking Cy Young there, this last handful of games. My mindset has to be that he's he's an injury injury prone player. I'm talking about when I go into the off season. I have to view Steven Matz for what he has been with the Cardinals, which is injury prone. I have to view him as he's not on my roster. That's how I view him. Because See, I wouldn't go that far because I can I can use him in the bullpen because my bullpen my bullpen needs help. So the rotate. Let me clarify then. Okay. He's off my right. roster from the rotation. Out of my rotation. Out of my rotation. Sorry, Anthony. I'll word it better for you. Okay. Well, when you say off the roster, Jamie, you're not doing it for me. I'm just, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help all of us you? out here. We're Anyways, teams. For me, he's off the roster. Okay. <laughs> he's out of my rotation. <laughs> Sounds so confusing. I know. All right. For you, I'll help you out. <laughs> Marsh, you get the crayons out. <laughs> well, we don't need Anthony to start eating them uh, now. Well, you're right. Oh, remind me. Uh, I got a, sto- a story for you in a second. Oh, Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. But I have to, if I'm John Mosellock, not count on Steven Matz. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy and he's dealing, great. Again, give that problem to me. Mm-hmm. I'd rather solve that problem than, woof. Well, we, we shouldn't have counted on that guy. Now what? Yeah. Hey, Dakota Hudson, Jake Woodford, you guys still warmed up? No. no, nope. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, quick, quick story because Marsh, you had mentioned crayons. So before I got in the car last night to drive home, I got a, a text message from my wife, Kristen, that said, "Do not look at the couch when you get home." Oh, I saw that. And I'm Instagram. like, okay, like what happened? What happened, what happened on the couch? <laughs> we have like a cream style. We have a cream color couch. You're saying, well, why do you have that with three kids? I mean, we had it. 
game. We had it for years. Anthony, why beforehand. would you have that with three kids? We had it for six years, five years prior to having kids. Yeah. So I walk, I walk in the door, and the two big kids, Maddie and Killing, come running up to me and say, uh, they, "Kristen just told me don't look at the couch." Those two say, "Look at the couch." <laughs> I walked over, and Lincoln, who will be two in November, he went to work on the couch with his box of crayons. Oh, full like big, oh, I saw it. Yeah. big lines all oh. the way through. He hit like every couch cushion. He's the only one out of the three that have colored on anything, and he's hit the wall once. Now, now the couch colored into the couch because Kristen, you know, Kristen was taking <sighs> taking care of homework with Maddie or something like that, mm-hmm. and he had just happened to grab the crayons that were just within reach and to work on that couch. So. Well, you should give uh, our friends over at uh, Zero Res a call. There you go. Should they'll come in, fix that up for you. Thanks, Jamie. Great job. I mean, they're not a client yet. <laughs> could be you. Could, could be still you. available. Yeah, could be you. All right. It's a good thing you didn't grab the markers. That would have been worse. That would have been almost unfixable. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to turn them around. Mm-hmm. And Question write is. It out. Um, does Lincoln contain more of your DNA or Kristen's? Like, was there crayon in his teeth? No. Okay, so he's got Kristen's DNA. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and the lines were fairly straight for a. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You know, a, a one-year-old. So good. Nicely done. It's fascinating on 101 ESPN. Jamie had said something last night heading into the preseason game that he wanted to see. I think we saw it. That's next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Nick Ritchie's going to drop the gloves with Josh Dunn. Ritchie drops the right hand, grabs the jersey of Dunn with a left. Dunn holding on to the collar of Ritchie with his left. They're at arm's length and they can't reach the head. The helmet of Nick Ritchie comes off. And then he pops the helmet of Dunn off. Lands another one. And now at arm's length, still waiting to throw. Dunn comes back across on Richie. Now they've got each other in tight. It's the jersey grab. And Dunn pulls the jersey of Richie old school right over his head and off. That was the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, last night as uh, our guy Nick Richie, man, he, he, th- he threw down last night. And Jamie, you had mentioned before we got off air, that you kind of wanted to see the physicality. You kind of yeah. you kind of wanted to see specifically for you. You wanted to see 
a, a little bit of that aggression come out of the Blues last night. Well, we got it. I think the physicality has come back to the Blues. This was an ingredient that was missing last year. I'm not saying guys weren't tough or you know a guy like uh, that people weren't willing to fight. I mean, Braden Shen with nine cracked ribs and you know a fractured spleen would probably you know, spleens can't fracture, can they? No, they can burst, though, Anthony. A burst. Let me spleen. tell you all about it. Jamie Rivers stop. Yeah. He, he could fight, but if you want to be, if you want to, if you want to have a team that has the identity of a strong forecheck, you better be physical. I think we saw that last night. Yeah, this is getting to look a lot more like a um, Craig Berube coached team, and I know that Chief would probably cringe at hearing that because I think he's tired of the stereotype of, you know, you gotta play like Craig Berube. If you play for him. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. Go YouTube Craig Berube. None of our players play like that. Mm-mm. They'd be in jail. All respect to Chief. He was as tough as they come. But the game has evolved, and Chief has evolved as a hockey coach. He loves to see the speed, the skill, the execution, but he also likes to see heavy hockey. And he talks about getting to the inside all the time. Got to get to the inside. Why does he say that? Well, it's important to make sure that you defend the middle of the ice. And so if you're winning the yeah. you know inside the dots mm-hmm. on either in either zone, you're you're going to you're going to be a good team. It's literally it'd be like controlling the red zone in football or the line of scrimmage probably a better. Mm-hmm. Whoever controls the line of scrimmage wins, wins. the game. Yeah. In the basketball, whoever controls the paint, at least the way it used to be. Not anymore. They're shooting from half court and scoring yeah, 25 a night. Right. But back in the 90s, whoever controlled the paint won the basketball game. Whoever controls the middle of the ice in the NHL right now wins. They win more regularly anyways. The Vegas Golden Knights, what is the number one thing they did all playoffs last year? Took away the center, the middle of the ice. They controlled the middle of the ice. So to be a successful team playoff-wise and consistency or consistently throughout the regular season, you have to control the middle of the ice. And a lot of the Blues' problems last year were one and done off the rush and no net front presence. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing a difference in that. And Craig Berube asked post-game last night a question about driving the net or guys getting to the net front. Here's what he had to say. A lot of our goals, uh, we scored the two games here all around the net, which is good. You know, we're doing a much better job of driving the net, Sauter's goal. You know, just getting to the net in general. I didn't think we shot enough tonight from the back end. So, you know, that's, I think, for me, the shot totals aren't up there enough. We could have shot a lot more pucks early on in this game from the back end, you know, because our forwards are going there, so we got to get the pucks there. That's the key right there. Right there. You want more shots on goal. Last year, one of the biggest complaints, the Blues don't generate enough shots on goal. They're not shooting the puck. Why would you shoot the puck if there's no screen or nobody there for a rebound? Right. It's a wasted shot. It's a a turnover. Because if you're not getting inside and you're shooting from the outside, the goalies are pretty good in the National Hockey League. Yeah, they're going to get those. They're going to grab the puck, pop it to a defenseman. Now you're playing defense. But Chief's right. Now you've got guys in the middle of the ice. You've got guys going to the net. Our defensemen have to start thinking shot first mentality. People block shots, they get sticks on pucks, sticks in lanes. It's all about changing the shot angle from six to eight inches. 
You watch the best defensemen in the NHL at getting pucks to the net. Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Cale McCarr. These guys, they don't just stand there and shoot the puck. They stand there and then just slightly move and shoot the puck. Slightly push the puck and shoot the puck. They get it through to the net. And big bodies in front of the net are going to do damage for the Blues. They're going to be able to create rebounds and chaos and get those goals. Mm -hmm. So that's a big part of, you know, controlling the inside ice. And that's going to be a big part of the St. Louis Blues. They're built for that now. Again, we go back to that fourth line last night, or third line, however you want to put it. Richie's 6'3", Sunquist 6'3", Torpchenko's 6'6". Get to the damn net. Mm -hmm. Get to the net. And going back to Nick Ritchie again, because he seems to be a big topic of conversation, it kind of came out of nowhere. And then we signed him to a PTO, and we find out that the Blues are really serious about this guy, and we saw a glimpse of why last night. And here's what Chief had to say about Nick Ritchie. Nick uh, showed me, um, you know, he was a physical player tonight. I know he got in a fight, but uh, did some good things with the puck too. A big body. Yeah, I thought he gave us something tonight. The Blues are going to be a handful all season long. If they play the way they have started, like 26 hits, I think, last night in a preseason game, if they continue that style of play with the talent that they have and the puck possession skills that they have, I'm not saying Stanley Cup here. Mm. I'm saying they're going to be a handful to play against. Nobody's going to be circling the calendar. We can't wait to play the Blues. It's going to be like, oh, crap. Better pack a lunch. Yeah. And that's the kind of team I want. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltz, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN Blues at Blackhawks pregame tomorrow, 6.30. We'll have that coverage for you right here on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. We have more Blues coverage coming up at the top of the hour, 3 o'clock. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic will join us, talk uh, about last night's game, and look ahead to you know the rest of the preseason here with JR. But going back to something yesterday in regards to the Cardinals and one player specifically in one position specifically. Could things get any more confusing moving moving forward at the catcher position with this Cardinals team? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What is it going to look like and what do they want it to look like are two different things. I think they want it to look like Contreras not catching. Like I think that's what they would want it to look like. Uh, but he did sign a five-year, $85 million deal, and that's probably going to play. So they, they had talked about it during the season this year. We all know how that ended up. He took a week of DHing and was back behind the plate. That obviously was not the plan, uh, but that's what ended up happening. But I think that they're going to have those conversations with Wilson again after the season of, hey, would you be willing to play a corner and DH? And I would say potentially even bring in another catcher, bring in a free agent, and then have either Kisner or Herrera back him up, potentially. Again, spitballing, but I think that that's kind of well how they would want it to look. That was our guy Brad Thompson, Bally Sports Midwest, who joins us uh, usually for at least an hour each week here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. He's talking about the Wilson Contreras situation. And the, the headliner there, Jamie, was I know how the Cardinals want this to look, and the Cardinals want it to look like Wilson Contreras is in catching next year. It's not surprising based on what we saw happen earlier this season. It's not. It's not surprising. It's surprising that they handed him $85 million. Anthony, hear me out for a second. Can you imagine having four catchers on a roster? 
I can't imagine having three full-time. This is an epic disaster. Mm. It's an epic disaster from a front office standpoint. And the worst part is, is Contreras just did what he always does. He didn't do anything different. His metrics defensively, everything's pretty damn close. Offensively, right a lot. Like, you knew what you were getting. And here's what frustrates me, okay? I'm, I'm a little angry. Mm. About, I get a little angry about this whole you do. signing. I do. You take the Contreras stuff personally, I I do, feel, because the player, feel, I, the player like. has been taking the heat for it. He did nothing wrong. Yeah. The player didn't go out and sign himself. Nope. So this is why I get angry is because Contreras is the one that ends up being the focal point. Let's do this. Ollie Marmel, his staff, John Mosellock, everyone in the Cardinals organization who's in on those fancy meetings, they have all of the metrics. All of the metrics. They're all around. For Wilson Contreras, as a Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Everything from... The, the the velocity of his farts to exit velo off his bat. Whatever it is, that's what they've got. You know his numbers with the Cubs are available too, right? Spent a long time there. If you dive into the analytics with the Cubs, um, those numbers are there too. Mm-hmm. So why are the numbers now with the Cardinals relevant when they're almost identical to the numbers that he had with the Cubs for a decade? To where he played in an all-star game, won a World Series. His pitching staff was under four as an ERA. I'm not saying he's Yadier Molina. Nobody ever has. But this whole thing just pisses me off nonstop. You gave this guy $87.5 million, to which I think they were bidding against themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't hear of anyone else being in on the Contreras sweepstakes. Not one team has come up and said, bah, we really missed out on that Contreras. We were hot on him. Maybe they were at $60 million. I don't know. The Cubs, they didn't even tender him. Mm-hmm. They was like, yeah, we're good. And they tried to trade him to the Astros. They tried to trade him, and the Astros said, the no Astros thanks. Said no. Well, you keep him. So the Cardinals go $87.5 million for no reason for a guy that they thought was going to handle it, but the same numbers from the Cubs to the Cardinals. This is what you paid for. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're talking about a corner outfield and, and bringing in another catcher. To where Kisner or Herrera could back up another guy. Right. What the hell are we doing here? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I refuse to believe that they didn't know some of the defensive stuff. I refuse to believe. Anthony, then what's the excuse? If they knew, what now? I think they thought... Okay, so this is just me speculating. No, I understand. I wonder if... They knew it it wasn't great defensively, but they sold out. You know what they sold out for? Their offense. They sold out offensively. Well then deal with it now. They didn't sign they didn't sign any pitchers. They ran it back with the same group. They sold out for the offense. They sold out for the bat. They said we know he's not going to be Yachty defensively, but He's he's going to be the exact opposite offensively, and he has been. The entire world knew he wasn't going to be Yachty, right? Defensively, but, but what I'm saying is they they thought I, again. I'm I'm speculating here, but they thought his offense is going to be so good that it'll make up for some of the defensive things. 
The Astro, there had to be, I brought this up at the time, Jamie. There had to be somebody within that Astros organization that knew he wasn't a great defender to the point where it could cost them. Well, apparently it was Dusty Baker. That was my that was my initial guess. Yeah. Was Dusty? I said it when the whole when the whole Contreras thing I went think down. Dusty was the one. I said who it, was, it was probably Dusty who stepped up and said, "No, he's not going to be able to command a pitching staff." Not that Willis Contreras is a bad guy. Not that he's a bad player. Not that he's what. But when you have a catcher in an organization like Houston that prides itself on having a defensive minded catcher. Contreras was never going to work for them. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what the Cardinals have been. And they have been with Yachty. But it, there was almost a pivot to, you know, they're talking about robot umpires at some point. Maybe the defensive-minded catcher is going to be gone like the fullback in, in football. We'll just sell out for the offense. Okay, but now, guess and they what? had a nice dinner with him, and he'd been Contreras sold him because he's magnetic. You know, he's got kind of a he's magnetic personality and a passion. Yeah, and they're like, okay, let's go with this. But again, here's the problem with what I have about what both of us just did. We talked about Contreras. It has nothing to do with Wilson Contreras. Nothing. The the stats are available. His entire career. Yeah, I'm with you. You're, but, you're right. But the that's Cardinals. what I'm mad at. Yeah, the Cardinals. We the, always go back, well, maybe they sold it for the bat and offense. He's not right. good at free. Enough. You knew this. The entire baseball world knew this. Okay, so what do you think they should do then? That's the that's thing. They the, can't we, do we, anything. We, we, well, keep going, we keep going back. I know, but Anthony, this, this situation keeps presenting itself. It keeps rearing its ugly head. The start of the season to who knows where, and now, you know, the thought of a corner outfield and him not even catching. Mm-hmm. Like it blows my mind. Make him the, then make him the full. Then make him the full time DH. But then you can't do anything with him. Like you can't trade. Nobody's. Uh, who the hell's paying eighty seven and a half for Nobody. that? Nobody. Nobody. So that's where my frustration lies. I, I, I know. I'm not no telling solution. you not to be. I know. I'm not telling you not to be frustrated. I get you. You're you're absolutely right. But I think moving forward. So the conversation is: What moving forward can they can they do about it? I think he becomes the backup catcher and the DH. If you're that sold, if you're that um, unsold on him being your catcher, then he becomes what Kisner was this year, and you play him at DH. Mm-hmm. And if he's nice enough to offer a corner outfield every now and then, you let I him do it. even put him out there. you got to fix your defense. You can't put him out in the corner outfield. You already have a million outfielders. Yeah. Listen, we're going to get into that later. We have a, There's a lot of things the Cardinals have problems with right now. I think bottom line is your pitching sucked this year. I don't care who was your catcher. They sucked. Yeah, I got to locate. And Marsh, I I agree with that. I I don't know if fixing. If Contreras' defense is such a big problem, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not in the clubhouse. I don't see it. If it is, though, you still have have a problem, regardless of the pitching staff. You're right, though. I mean, if we're talking big picture, Mm -hmm. the the pitchers weren't good enough. Right. And that's part, that's the issue. But if you still have a problem, you got to fix it. Absolutely. You know, you may have to fix the, the, the bigger hole in the wall first, but at some point you do you do got to get to the the mark at the bottom too. I think it's like a it's it's like a domino though. If you fix one thing, then you see another problem. Okay, what what do we do? Oh, let's put Wilson Contreras as the DH. Okay, but then how do we play Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman, all these guys in certain spots? I agree. That's it's a question you have I have another raised. Problem. Yeah, I'm with you. So all right, I got an issue. We got to get to Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, Jr. will understand. Okay, from the six one eight. 
This guy says, who said corner outfield? Seems like you guys are just making up storylines. I heard I heard Brad mention it, and you just run with it. Move on. Okay, first of all, 618, the damn team said it. I think Ollie Marmel said it himself at the start of the season. Initially, Then they, yeah. then they had to walk it back. Or John Mosellock. One of them said in an interview, say, oh, well, we're thinking of a corner outfielder. Then the next day, I was like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And then it's been repeated. And you, see, and you could see what happened there. They said it, they visioned it, they, they envisioned it, and they talked to Contreras, and Contreras is like, no. So this is, this is clear. you're right, Jamie, it came from the Cardinals' mouth first. BT, BT's as plugged in as anybody. BT wouldn't just throw out, ah, he's corner not, outfield. Yeah, he's not giving us, you know, behind the insider information. Yeah. It's just, like, it's obviously common knowledge that they, they've thought about it. So it's not just a take. We're not just running with it. I just think overall, him as a DH, maybe he loses some of that that fire that he has. He seems like a player that needs to be out there all the time. And if you have him at DH every single game, I feel like he loses a bit of that because he's not constantly playing. He maybe strikes out three times a game and then really dwells on that, not being out in the field. Yeah, it's tough to adjust it at times. All right. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Salter. We'll get to Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider, next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Three oh three. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter, and let's head to our celebrity line where we have our guy Jeremy Rutherford, the Blues Insider from the Athletic, on the line right now. What's up, Jr.? Oh, doing well, guys. Just having a laugh with uh, Marshy there. I said, finally, we got some meat on the bone to talk about. And he said, yeah, no kidding. You had to write about Jamie in the offseason. Seriously. Times were tough, JR. I apologize for that. Just a <laughs> sideswipe there. Yeah. I thought it, the article was beautifully written. It was, certainly was. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Best whatever. Thanks. <laughs> uh, JR, your number one takeaway from last night. Yeah, the Blues need to shoot the puck, right? It's the preseason, but I know Craig Bruby. A little disappointed last night with uh, them not getting more pucks at the net, just the 14 shots. And a lot of zone time there was. Gosh, I really like that line. Brana, Hayes, and Blay, they created, uh, Blay created a lot of space. You know, Hayes handled the puck. Brana does his thing, but just not enough at the net, like uh, like Keith said afterwards. And then secondly, number two, number two takeaway is Malcolm Subban. A lot of us talking about Joel Holfer, uh, the young backup this season. He'll step into that spot behind Jordan Bennington. Uh, but as we all know, you need goalie depth. It's going to come up during the regular season, and the Blues feel pretty good after watching Malcolm Subban not only last night but uh, in Wichita too. So uh, two great performances by him. Yeah, I was in Wichita. Uh, to which, thank goodness for Malcolm Subban. They had 24 shots in the first period, and he was fantastic, and he didn't disappoint again last night. Jr., is there a world that you could see Malcolm Subban winning out that backup job this year, or like as I just don't know. I feel like Joel Holfer's kind of set there, but, man, he's playing good. Yeah, he really is. And I didn't think about that question, Riv, until last night. Like, all the talk has been about Joel Holfer. He's got the credentials. He's ready. He's proven it. I think he's been, like, American Hockey League Goalie of the Week, Goalie of the Month uh, ten times. He's just been uh, really great in Springfield. And so now it's his chance, and they gave him the contract to do so. Uh, They brought in Malcolm Subban 
for depth purposes. You know, I think if Hofer either fell on his face or there's an injury, you know, we'd see Subban probably earlier than expected. But I think the plan, as we talk about it right now, is Joel Hofer as the backup. But, gosh, you got to be really excited about what you're seeing in Subban. Yeah, it's, like you said, it's great to have depth at multiple positions, and in particular the goalie position. And when you look at the Blues, if we're talking about depth, we look at the forward position, there are a few guys that are really making some noise to make this team. I mean, Nick Ritchie in particular, I was telling Anthony earlier, he didn't really, I didn't think about him at all until the Blues offered him a PTO. And then listening to Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong talk about this guy, he was going to get a legitimate opportunity. And based on what he did last night, I feel like he's really pressing to make this team. Yeah, I think there's a chance he makes a team. You look at the lines in training camp, and I know they don't show everything, but Craig Berube came out and said, we're playing the guys we think could play together because we want to get them some some time. So I think you looked at that line the first couple days, and it was Torpchenko, it was Sunquist, and it was Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors has been a little banged up, missed a couple practices here lately. But last night, Richie's on that line, and he looked pretty good. He gets the assist. He also has the fight. You wish he had his sweater tied down so he can stay in the game, but he gets the boot, and so you didn't get to see any more from him from the second period on. The one thing uh, Craig Bruby said afterwards, guys, is once more pace from Nick Ritchie. Get that pace better. Uh, but I do think that they like him. I think they like what he brings in terms of the size, 6'3", 236. I wrote a story about it a couple days ago. Guys, if Nick Ritchie were on this roster, you know, I did the math on, in the article a couple days ago, that bottom six, we're just talking the bottom six forwards with Ritchie in there, 215-pound average across those six guys. That's mammoth in the NHL. JR, what are, what are the what are some of the other players thus far, whether it's in training camp or in these uh, these preseason games, that you know who's who else has stood out to you? Is like who's who's had that kind of wow uh, factor a couple of times for you? Yeah, you know, I think the, the the preseason games have been preseason games. You know, not not a lot of flash. Uh, you know, last night was the first one that I saw in person. You know, the one guy I think that that I came away, you know, impressed with, and it's one of the regular guys is uh, Kevin Hayes. He just seemed to be everywhere last night. You know, I think that uh, if they can get some more time together, Brandon, he and Blay can be a pretty good line. But Hayes, you know, he, he we we know what he brings you in terms of the size, and he's going to play third line center. But let's not forget, this is a PK guy, too. You know, last year in Philadelphia, he was taken off the penalty kill, and I know he was disappointed about that, but PK is an area where the Blues really need some help if he can jump in along with Sunquist and a couple other guys that are new this year. I think Hayes can really help this team. JR, Jacob Verana gets uh, on the score sheet last night. A lot of questions for Chief today uh, following practice regarding Jacob Verana and his potential with the Blues as far as goal scoring is concerned. You know, where do you see this guy fitting in? Because he obviously, he's got the speed, he's got the ability, he has scored goals in the past, but it's been a bit of a up and down for him the last couple of years. Yeah, it has, and obviously the off-ice issues didn't help in moving from Washington to Detroit and, and now on to St. Louis. You know, I tweeted last night that I realized that preseason games and regular season are apples and oranges, but he played 20 games with the Blues last year in the regular season, 10 goals. And now in pre- preseason, he's played two games and he's got a goal and a assist. Like, he's putting up some points as a St. Louis Blue. So I see him in your top nine right now. Like I said, I like him on that third line. Can he climb up and play that second line? For sure. Uh, the speed is, is probably tops on the team besides Cairo. Those first couple steps last night, I watched Verona leaving the zone. He's, he just flies. 
you know, the issue has been the defensive play. And I know with, with this team trying to put an emphasis on that, and it's not just the defensemen, it's the forwards getting back to, Brian's got to be a part of that. And, and obviously he might not be one of your better, better defending forwards. He's not going to be. You're going to take what you get with him. But if he can keep up this goal-scoring production, um, that's going to be key because you can't rely on just this top six. They're going to need some scoring from that third line. Jared, tough question, but when when you you know the the focus has been so much on the defense and rightfully so based on you know how it performed last season. How deep into the season, this upcoming season, will a strong performance change your mind? You know, it's it's a good question. I, obviously, uh, you're not looking at a week or two. You're right. going to need to see it longer than a week because remember, if you go back to last year three games we thought this team looked dynamite I thought the the defense they played against the Edmonton Oilers in game two uh, but that's two or three games into the season so you know I think you got to see it for at least a solid month and the reason I say only a month and then maybe they're back on track if if they're playing well is because a we've seen it before so it's not like you're expecting something new from this group we saw it a couple years ago Granted, they're a couple years older, but we've seen that they can do it. And, and two, they're veterans. I don't think that if you see this group play solid D for three or four or five weeks, then all of a sudden it's going to fall apart. I think that will mean to me that they've either changed some things defensively, they've made some adjustments that benefits the team, the guys are getting it, the guys are playing better together, the pairs are working together, and I wouldn't see after four or five weeks of that that it would just fall off. So, you know, I think you have to have a sample size at least that big. JR, uh, I think we'd be remiss not to talk about Oscar Sundquist so far. I think there was a lot of question marks surrounding, you know, what he would look like. He has battled some serious injuries in the last couple of seasons, but man, I think Sonny looks great out there. He's got a little jump in his step. He's bringing that physicality. He's putting the puck in the back of the net. And what have you seen so far? Yeah, he looks great. He, he really does. And, you know, you're a journalist. You, you got the reporter hat on, but he gets traded to Detroit. And, you know, like, like the fans, you know that he's a motor player and he's a guy who's fun to watch, fun, fun to cover. Um, and then the chance for him to come back this summer I thought was terrific. And I know we hear this every summer, but when I interviewed uh, Oscar, he was in Sweden about the time he signed. And uh, he said, I feel like I'm the best I've been in a few years. And I did the old yawn. Like, I can't write that. <laughs> I write that with every player. But, but it's true, and I get it. Like, when he was here, he had the two surgeries on the hip. You guys remember he got hit by Kyle Clifford. He tears the ACL. And then you might forget about Sonny when he goes to Detroit, but he actually had another surgery on that knee. So we're talking about a guy who told me in the offseason that this is the first full season. And, Jamie, you know how important that is. I mean, when you have to deal with an injury two, three months into the season and it pushes your training back, it it just sets you back. And then, oh, oh my gosh, the season's here already. But with Oscar Sundquist, he had the full offseason to train. And and I'll tell you what, this is a guy who it doesn't matter if it's an exhibition game. He's given it everything. We've seen that in his two uh, performances so far. He's got two goals, but more importantly than, than the goal scoring, he's just doing everything that Craig Bruby and this team needs him to do. JR, great stuff as always. And I know you're going to be uh, observing the Blues and Blackhawks tomorrow night. So you, you'll have a, a new piece coming out at some point this week. So we'll uh, we'll look for that and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, boys. Thanks a lot. All right. That's our guy, Jeremy Rutherford at JP Rutherford on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, I'm sure you're already doing it. Uh, he's our Blues Insider with the Athletic. Lineup game for tonight's Cardinals and Brewers next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time to play lineup game. We got the Cardinals and Brewers game two. Tonight it'll be Zach Thompson after he was replaced yesterday by Miles Michaelis. Zach Thompson will pose Wade Miley, who is Jamie a left-hander. So left-hander for the Brewers tonight as they take on the Cardinals, who won 4-1 last night at American Family Fields. So what do you think with the lefty on the bump? Tommy Edmond? Uh, yeah, I think it's Tommy Boy here. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I agree. All right. Show us Tommy Edmond. Tommy likey. Tommy want wingy. All right. Good start, Jamie. Goldie here? I say Goldie. Yeah. All right. Show us. Paul Goldschmidt. Sorry, guys. Mm, Of course. It's going to be one of those games for sure. Okay. I don't think Newt would be in this spot. Is Goldie in the lineup? I don't know. Yeah, it's probably too early to tell. He's either here, well, he's not here, or he's third. Could be Palacios. Could it could be? Could be Walker. Walker. I think it's one of those Who two else guys. Profiles. There's nobody else that profiles. No. I think Walker. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Show us Jordan Walker. Walk it like it's hot. Walk it like it's hot. I think this is Paul Goldschmidt. I'm willing okay. to go back there. All right. I'm good with that. Show us Paul Goldschmidt. What a shame. Yep. Okay. Not in the lineup. There you go. Goalie needs a rest, of course. Like five games left. <laughs> no, seriously. What are you saving him for? Whatever. So who the hell is this thing? I have no I honestly have no idea. <laughs> this is gonna I, be I like mean, So let's just talk about who's who's on the roster here. Newt, Baker. Palacios, Fermin. Is it Yepes? Yepes is on the roster. Where's Kisner. Y- where's Yippy in the cleanup spot? Herrera. <clears throat> uh, hmm. Um, I don't know. They got. We got a couple of unknowns too. Yeah. What's that? Carita Cueto. Mm-hmm. Caracuto. Caracuto. But I can't see him in the three-hole. No. I can't see Luke and Baker. I could see I could see Newt. Even though it's a lefty. Well, it might be Rube Baker if it's DH day for him. Okay. Alright, let's do it. I just feel like it's a weird it's gonna be a weird lineup no matter what, so go for it. Show us Rube Luke and Baker. Nice. <laughs> Right. All that so, did does make this even harder now yeah. in the four hole. So Newt here or Yepes? I can see yeah, I can see Yepes here. Yippy profiles more as a cleanup hitter, especially against a left-handed pitcher. Why not? Go ahead. Show us one Yippy Yepes. Yippy! Oh All right. All right. Palacios. Is, yeah, I think it's Enrico. Go for it. Show us Enrico Palacios. No, no, no. Gosh. That's unfortunate. Kisner? Five? I mean, who else? I, Newt? <laughs> Newt? I think it's grinding. He's got to be in the lineup. All right, go he for it. A- yeah. Yeah, he does. You're right. Show us the pepper grinder. One, two, three, four. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. 
Is this Palacios? This now? has got to be Palacios. All right, go Show ahead. us Richie Palacios. You're wrong. Okay. Palacios has to be in the lineup. He had a double. Two I RBIs think. last game. Is Kisner? This, is this Kisner? I don't know. Or is it Herrera? Oh. I mean, you, you're trying to get you're trying to get some looks too for Yvonne Herrera, and Kisner was the catcher last night. So who the hell is in the lineup then? You got Win, Fermin, Palacios. Palacios. I think this is your catcher. And Herrera. I think this is your catcher. You you uh, you go either Kisner or Herrera, but I think this is your catcher. Uh, let's go. Uh, show us Herrera. I'm just fired up to be here today. Nice. Whoa! Yeah! Oh. All right. Okay. Is this uh, Richie Palacios? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Show us Richie Palacios. You are so wrong. <sighs> okay, for mean. Uh, Caracudo. Who's that other guy they just brought up? No idea. Irv. <laughs> Irving, isn't it? Somebody named Irving. Irving Fryer. No, who is it, Marshy? Michael Kyrie? Irving. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving. No, they have a guy named Irving right now. I'll take your word for it. Okay. I don't know here. Um, I think it's either Fermin or Caracudo. Go ahead, Anthony. Pick your star. Show us Jose for mean. Mm. Show us Jose, or not Jose? It's not his name. Uniel Caracudo. Show us. Well, that's cute. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. How do you spell that again? I have no idea. Okay. Um. So you got to catch this is for mean and win. Fielder. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Is it? Yep. Well, who's your infield? Um, Yepes must be playing first base, or Rube Baker is. Baker's yeah. playing first base. And then Yepes is the DH. You got Newt as an outfielder. Yeah, but I'm thinking you Edmund is what? Center field or second base? Uh, you could. You This could be a Palacios. That's what I'm thinking. All right, let's do that. He's got to be in the lineup. Show us Palacios. Richard, do I have a oh, mark on my face? Kind of. It really hurts. Nope, nothing. I thought I hit you on the shoulder. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, <sighs> but my face does. Mm. All right. Go ahead, Anthony. Uh, show us Mason Wynn. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Okay. What are we doing that here? Was, well, that was tough. That was terrible. Although I don't blame us 100% because there are a lot of moving parts in this lineup right now. Flexibility, they call it, Anthony. Yeah. All right, um, Marsh, why don't you go ahead and run it? All right, leading off, second baseman Tommy Edmond, batting second in right field, Jordan Walker. Batting third, first baseman Lucan Baker. Your cleanup hitter, DH Juan Yepes. Batting fifth, center fielder Lars Taylor Tattoo Nupar. Batting sixth, the catcher Yvonne Herrera. Batting seventh, third baseman Uniel Kirikuto. Batting eighth, left fielder Richie Palacios, and batting ninth, the shot stop Mason Wynn. Choose your character. Quack, 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 qu
Back, 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 back. Stay fair! Go fair! Go fair! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run! All right, uh, Jamie, go for it. Nobody got a home run last night. My guy got a double. So we've got today, Thursday, and Friday to break this tie. And then is that it for the season? Yeah, because we don't do this on the weekend. I mean, we could we could take it into if we're still tied, we could take it into postseason play. That'd be fun. Yeah, postseason. What well, team? We just take it. To, we just take any team. Mm. We take the you know game that's Anthony. That was that was a ricochet for that, the Cardinals. That was it was yeah. I think it was I'm needed. Serious. It I, needed to be said. I don't think it's out of bounds at all. No. Nah. Uh, I'm going to go so. with uh, walk it like it's hot tonight. I think second. In the two hole, he's going to be all fired up. He's going to get a cement mixer. He's going to go yabo with it. Jordan Walker. All right. Uh, after a pretty miserable season in which he was in the in the minors basically all year, I'm going to go with Yippy. I'm going to go Juan Yepes. It's about right. To touch some seats, break yep. this tie. Marsh, who did not. So Marsh has been officially eliminated. Well, I mean, unless we're... You know, continuing this game. Well, this is just. Postseason. I mean, Marsh. Well, just I mean, a, you can't be, say one thing and then go against it. You know, it'd be for the people. What are you doing here? I yeah. think part of the challenge is the fact that we had to pick Cardinals. I'm just saying, if we just start flying off the board in the postseason, picking guys, all the best players from all the best teams. Do you like, want to? Do you really want to end this thing in a tie? Because I don't. No, but we I think, still have a few I, days. Left. So I think Marshy's eliminated either way. Oh yeah, he's done. <laughs> what is this? And then what happens is if we're tied. We have a walk-off yes. to where we each get one guy or two guys each night. And the first and the first home run. That's first, it. Yeah, that's like it. we won't it's do over. this the entire postseason. Yeah. We don't want to make Marsh. Do <laughs> I it. mean, it sounds really selfish of you two to do well, something I like mean, that. Marsh, but you know, I mean, what? You had, all, like, you had all season. Yeah, well, it's not my fault. These guys can't hit home runs <laughs> when I want them to. <laughs> when I need them to. I would be interested to see like how many guys actually hit home runs that we picked. Because we'd have much more than nine, but we've done the first yeah. home run. Oh, I, I would have plenty of home runs if that was the case. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Luck of the draw. Anyways, so who do you got? I'm going to pick, uh, I don't know, throw a dart at the board. I'll pick Yvonne Herrera. Oh, All wow. Right. Yvonne Herrera is Marshy's choice. There you go. The, the mercifully ends the lineup game and our home run derby for tonight. Why don't we play around the horn next? I want to win ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to go around the horn. This first question pairs up perfectly with something that was tweeted at me about 45. 45 minutes ago, excuse me, from... Somebody tweeted you? Yeah, from or the... Or did they X you? Uh, X me, whatever. What do you guys call it now? Just out of curiosity. I'm, I'm just going to stick with Twitter. But, like, nowhere anywhere on the app does it say Twitter. I don't anymore. care. Yeah. I don't care. If you type in Twitter.com, it, it takes you right to X. There you go. I know that makes a ton in of the sense. Search, in the search bar, it still says Twitter.com. So it does. I'll just go to Twitter. But uh, this was from the uh, the 6-1 uh, great, otherwise known as the 6-1 hate. Wow. He tweets at you? Sometimes. What? Me I bet you he does. You probably don't see it. Maybe. What version of Miles Michaelis will we get next year? Well, this pairs up perfectly with the tweet. Michaelis is nowhere near a three in the rotation. 
says the 618. He's a, a five at minimum. I would void his contract after this pathetic season. As far as Matt's, he needs to be DFA'd right now. He's worthless. No need to protect either guy. If I struggled at my job or I'm sick all the time, I'm fired. Mosellock needs to get five or six starters, period. <laughs> I mean, I like his his energy. Five or six starters. Yep. I don't know how realistic that is. <laughs> I'm struggling to see where he's gonna out, you know, outbid enough guys or convince enough guys to come to St. Louis to get three. He must think there's like a flea market going on in in Southern California right now with the Dodgers. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean to talk down to the six one eight or anybody else that kind of thinks this way, but again, if these guys are free agents, they're free to sign with whoever whomever they want to. So it's just assume like ah, I just, I'm just gonna give, I'm just gonna pick up five or six guys. That's well, that's a tall order. I mean, Michael is nowhere near a three in the rotation. Okay, you're right. So put him as a five. Yeah. He's still in a rotation. He still, needs, he still need a guy, at least. Do you think Mo prank calls some of these pitchers acting like other GMs and tries to deflect them from going somewhere else? Just a, like a prank call? little star 67? Boy, Marsh. Or star 69, know, whatever it was. I know you're joking, but I hope he's not wasting his time doing that. I hope he's... <laughs> I hope he's actually, you know, just kind of focused on doing his job. Me too. Yeah. Anyways, what version of Miles Michaelis will we get next year? This this kind of goes hand in hand too with what we said at the start. I read off his ERAs for for each month. It was terrible, great, terrible, good, terrible, shaky, terrible. I mean, so what version? I I think that things are going to kind of equalize next year. I, I don't think that he's going to be as terrible as he was in April and June. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was in in, or in uh, May. I think he's going to be more toward his career numbers. And if he's more toward his career numbers, that is that of a three or four. So that's what I think we're. I think that's the version we're going to see out of Miles Michaelis next Especially year. Especially if they get a new catcher. Don't start Jamie again, Marsh. <laughs> I feel like you you just Good engaged God. Jamie there and you want him to fly off the handle. Again. I gave him the indicator. Ugh. You did. Yeah, go get another catcher. <laughs> Do the same homework you did on this one. <laughs> or lack thereof. What version do you think of my we're gonna get of Michaelis? Oh, I don't know. Something about the same. <laughs> no, I'm just, Anthony, I'm I'm a little depressed about the Cardinals season, and I'm just kind of angry about it all, okay? Um, so I think Miles Michaelis is somewhere between last year and this year, as far as what he is now in which, his career. Which, Jamie, if you look at it, I think that's a good way to say it. His ERA last year was 3.29. His ERA, and this is one metric, ERA this year, 4.82. You know what his career is? 3.93. Yeah, so I think that's, that's what he is. That's right. I mean, I, if we are to average the two, I, I think that's in the neighborhood. So that, I, think I think we're going to get his career career norm next year. And we'll get 200 innings again. And I'm fine with that. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm good. Now go get somebody else, too. Marsh, same thing? Yeah, I'm hoping so. He'll be the leader of that pitching staff next year based on his uh, time here in St. Louis. Adam Wainwright won't be with the club anymore. So I feel like a lot of players will be pitchers that that is we'll be looking towards him for some guidance i think he'll take a step back and really 
wrangle in what he needs to do for next year. I think he'll bounce back, hopefully, for, for everyone's sake. We do have the Sports Six Pack coming up in about five minutes. So if you want to get a question in right now, 314 399 9646 is the Air Cover Service text line. Again, a Sports Six Pack coming up in about five or six minutes. Are you comfortable with Jordan Walker in right field? He made a pretty, pretty nifty play last night in the outfield. There are some highs and there are some lows. Well, I, I, I prefer my Jordan Walker making spectacular grabs. I in prefer the that too, but I don't know if that's what we're getting all the time. I, I feel more comfortable with him in left and just continuing to progress out there. Otherwise, I don't know what else you're gonna what else you're gonna do. You can't oh. move him. Can't move him to first. Goldie's well, you can't there. Put him at DH because Wilson Contreras is your DH. Absolutely, he's gonna be an outfielder for the foreseeable future. So yeah. I, I guess you kind of got to get comfortable with it. I'm not worried about it, honestly. He has some blunders. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But it's not his natural position. He's still getting used to it. He's getting used to a brand new position at the major league level. Yeah, it's tough. That is tough. He's a young During man. The season. What is he, yeah. 21, 22 years old now? He's 21. 21 years old. I mean, he's got athleticism like for days. Mm-hmm. So you're he's going to be fine. He's going to continue to work with Willie McGee. He's going to spend an entire offseason probably down in Jupiter working on things and doing things and like Yeah. He's going he will end up being a solid right fielder for the Cardinals. Will he be a gold glove caliber type guy? I don't know. He's got the athleticism. He's he's a pure athlete, and that alone gives him a chance, but he needs the reps. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with him in right field. I think he's progressed enough throughout this season, and I think that he'll continue to progress. I think Marsh was trolling Jamie on this question. Who would be your full-time catcher next no, season? Sean Murphy. Let's go get him, too. Spend $100 million on him. He's he's locked up. I know, Anthony. Nothing I you can know. Do there. Nothing you can do there. And so, nothing you can do here, either. You got a guy locked up, too. He's going to play everywhere all over the diamond, apparently. Him and Brendan Donovan are going to have rivaling positions. <laughs> I'm picking up on the snark, Jamie. Very much so. Yeah. I think you split time between Kisner and Herrera, and Contreras is your full-time DH. Oh. I'm beside myself right now. Okay. If you're going to do that, why not just go out and get another proven catcher? Oh my God, Mercy! What do you do with Kisner and Herrera? Then I mean, they can play. You're just not going to be a a powerhouse team in the National League Central. That's fine. If it, you're, you won't, though. Well, at one point, Yvonne Herrera was the heir apparent to Yachty, so I and wonder... And he had a good series in Chicago on the south side, but like... I, look, he's not he's not ready now, Right. But wh- when do you kind of fast-track that a little bit, you know? Well, then you give him playing time and let him roll. You know, then you say, sorry, kids, you're going to have to take a back seat, or so then you go we with the move gr- on. You go with the growing pains of a catcher that's not very good. Why don't you stay with the guy that's not very good? You're paying $87.5 million. Because if Kisner is still on track to be a full-time catcher, then let's start that development. Would be my line of thinking on that. Kisner's great for I, for the role that it's he's disaster. in right now. I think I think we could all agree with that. He's a great sure. backup catcher. He can hit the ball when you need him to here and there. But for me, if you're trying to be one of the best teams in the National League, I, I'm done with this whole, let's be the best in the National League Central. Right. That doesn't work anymore. I'm, I'm out on that. Right. Yeah. Let's be the best team in the league. Yes. I don't think having Andrew Kisner as your full-time catcher 
that's we always talk about find your outs, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those players, unfortunately. And I don't think your lineup compares to the likes the likings of the Atlanta Braves or even the Dodgers. No, you're right. And I get where you're coming from when it comes to the catcher spot if you're going to turn over. But if Wills Contreras is, according to the Cardinals, right, basically a disaster behind the dish, then I don't know what else you're going to do. I'll look up. I'll look up the free agent catchers. Typically, in free agency, it, it it's rough. Yasmani Grandal is a free agent next year. Martin Maldonado, if you wanted to, to, to go back to kind of a, a defensive first guy, you, you can do that. Uh, Mitch Garver has had a decent year with Texas. I don't know defensively how he is. These other guys are kind of hitters. Uh, Gary Sanchez is, is oh, he's terrible too. defensively. So, Well, that's weird. It sounds like all these other catchers around Major League Baseball aren't Yadier Molina. Marsh, what are, you, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say behind that that disgust? In your voice. This is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we have been so spoiled with having Yadier Molina as the best catcher in Major League Baseball from a defensive standpoint that maybe our expectations for other players might be a little high. Now, when you say we, do you really mean the Cardinals? Anthony, I consider us a part of the organization. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what as would you the do? fans sometimes say, we're on the payroll. So who would be your full-time Full-time catcher next it year. It'd be Wilson Contreras. Okay. And then let's see if the pitching. If you improve get, the pitching, you, improve the you pitching, can improve the catching. I think you can improve the catching. Okay. Man. Yeah. Boy, it's going to be fascinating offseason. Sports Six Pack is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Mackie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. All right, time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you got a question, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Marsh, go. Question number one. All right, we were just talking about Wilson Contreras, maybe being a DH, maybe being a left fielder. We get a text from the 618. Who has the better chance of starting in left field next year, Tyler O'Neill or Wilson Contreras? Oh, wow. Probably Wilson Contreras at this point. Oh, no, Tyler O'Neill will be back. Man, he probably will. You're, you're right. He probably will be. And the the explanation will be, oh, you just got to see what we have. It'll be. Got to see what we have, Jamie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the explanation could be. Are you already frustrated? Why am I already frustrated? I'm already I've been frustrated. frustrated all day. I'm already frustrated by the Cardinals. Every time we talk about started. the Cardinals, I get frustrated right now. I don't know how to... Uh, I feel it. I don't know how to shake it. Yeah. Because I look at... I look at these <laughs> things that... Sorry, paper fell. People on YouTube saw that, but nobody else can. Um, so there's a... For, if you're listening on the radio, they, there's a post-it note that Ryder always gives yeah. me for our out time, and it fell, and Jamie and I literally did the same thing. We just watched it fall. Stopped and yeah. watched it fall. <laughs> like a leaf. Yep. 
Somewhat uh, poetic. Almost yeah. like the Cardinals season. Yes. <laughs> Falling and flat. Well said. Yeah. But it frustrates me because there's so many areas of need and they're focusing on like how bad the catcher is and only getting pitching. Who the hell's your outfield next year? I don't know. You have infielders that are vying for starting jobs in the outfield. Yeah, that's correct. You have catchers that could be playing in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And you've got Tyler O'Neill probably be back in your outfield for like 12 games. Yeah. So I don't, am I frustrated, Anthony? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Question two, please. Question number two. Well, now we know Adam Wainwright will not pitch the rest of the season, so his career essentially is over from a pitching standpoint. Maybe he will end up hitting. Who knows? But from the 636, with Wayno playing his rock show this weekend, how does his backstage party look like after the show? How would your backstage party look? Nothing like Wayno's. That's... <laughs> I my my backstage party. Uh, I agree with Jamie in that it wouldn't look anything like Buenos. I'd actually put Jamie Rivers in charge of that because Jamie's the mayor. Jamie knows everybody. If you're in a conversation with Jamie Rivers, and it's a, it's about music, obviously sports, but you know sports, music, movies. You're in a conversation with Jamie Rivers. He knows everybody. Got him in the phone. Has partied with him at some point. Some of the stories cannot be brought to air, but Jamie Rivers is the most interesting man in the world. He knows rock stars. He knows athletes. He knows movie stars. I've been very fortunate to get to know people throughout my career. Uh, bouncing all over the place. Put me in different spots at different times. Yeah. And, uh, so I'll just, I would just say, yeah. Jamie, you're my event coordinator after I... Rock everybody's world here. Well, one thing that I can tell you, a couple things. Um, I think Wayno's backstage party will be very well planned, very well mm-hmm. organized, and very much on brand. It's a great way to put yeah. it. Yeah, um, great way to put it. My backstage party. Uh, I've had, um, let's say, blueprint available mm-hmm. to me from people that I have. Uh, partied with mm-hmm. or toured with and done some things with. Um, so I pretty much take the blueprint of what Kid Rock or Motley Crue does. Mm. Depending on where you are in your career. Mm. Uh, yeah, we're talking about early version Kid Rock and Motley yes. Crue? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's mo- Kid Rock would be about seven or eight years into his career. So a little bit more mellow. But still, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. this was like on their second wave of like coming back after the old Tommy Lee tapes and all that stuff mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, those guys know how to do it. They sure do. So it looks something like that. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Question number three. Uh, Coach Eli Drinkwitz had this to say on the Battle Dome. I don't know how you can play on that stuff. (laughs) 
We get a question from 314. <laughs> what has St. Louis done with the NFL money, and why not fix up the <laughs> that's dome? A good, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. I don't even think that they should fix up the dome at this point. It's got a lot of character. It's got a lot of character. I also wouldn't play there. Yeah, well, it, it, it looks like great from the 400 lot. section. I mean, I've seen football. I've, I've seen football games at Bush Stadium. You know, play them there. Oh, for sure. Over the dome. What are they going to do with that thing? I mean, they hold conventions a lot. I know you know, the they Battle got Hawks play there. Got, oh, I'm sure they got a. You know, I think there's a WWE thing. Maybe yeah, going there. Got soon. A lot of stuff. They, pr- they probably have monster trucks. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Sunday, boat, Sunday, Sunday. Boat conventions and things. They've Absolutely. got events. They have they have events going on all the time. I meant more so for like football. Oh, oh come on. I, it's the it's battle it's a battle dome. The turf is like a parking lot. Wow. A little bit. No, it is. And now the, I do a know. slick parking lot. <laughs> it kind of looks like one of those, uh, you know, one, what's the word I'm looking for? When, um, you know, post-apocalyptic street where you look at the road, which used to be pavement, yeah. but now there's some grass mm. that's that's growing through the cracks. Okay. That's what that's what that turf is. Like Wally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like I Am Legend. Yeah. It also reminds me of those patches of fake grass that people in New York, will put in their houses yeah. so oh. that the dog can pee on the turf. <laughs> yeah. But it's like plastic. Right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I was down on the field 1997, 98, somewhere in there. Down on the field and I couldn't believe how bad the turf was. That was a ri- yeah, that's, yeah, that yeah was, you're talking about the original is, this turf. Is, the Astro this has turf. been upgraded. This right. Turf, oh yeah. This right. turf here, Marshy. Let me tell you, this is a Rolls Royce compared to what it used to be. They yeah. make that Super Bowl turf they played on last year. Oh man, look like uh, like a nice rug. I mean, can you imagine your plant? You're playing, dude. That turf was like it was terrible. Oh, <laughs> that turf, I couldn't believe it. And the the old Eagles turf, what like legendary, terrible, really? They, because they play they played at the same uh, venue as the Phillies. So they would just cover up, you know, the uh, dirt, the dirt spot. But there were, I remember players seams. would go over the seams. Yeah, they'd, they'd say, "Look, look at this, got t- blown ACL all over it." Ugh. What was that place called? Where, where at? The the old Phillies and Eagles. V- not veterans. Veterans. Right? Oh, ve- it is. Yeah, it's veterans. Yeah, yeah. veterans. Veterans Stadium. Doesn't sound fun. No. At all. Man. Not, not great. It's a good thing they don't play a physical sport. Boy, yeah, right. It'd be real dangerous then. <laughs> By the way, I, I don't know. I don't know if this. Is, so this this kind of connects a little bit. Have you guys seen the Netflix documentary on American Gladiators? Yes. Yeah. I just started watching oh, it yes. last right. night. It's amusing. It's awesome. I'm in, I'm in the second second episode. Holy smokes! Like I I grew up on uh, you know American gladiators yeah, yes. I, I remember all the you know all the gladiators and all the events my my favorite was the assault with the oh, tennis yeah. balls <laughs> it was awesome right i f- i forgot though like the the early the early episodes oh. No helmets. It was no, like no. Squid Games. They took oh. their life in their own hands. <laughs> the one guy laser that kept showing the one he took the the shot off the dome there. Somebody oh, yeah. just ran right. I mean, right no, through they did, him. Like, they, they swung. They did that one. What was the? Yeah. yeah you just stand there and someone swings and tries to knock yeah. you off. Mal- Malibu took a knee to it took his own knee to his face yeah. on the way down. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a little rough. Got right back in there. Yeah, he did. Didn't need a blue tent. No. 
No, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll get the gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh three. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Time for the gauntlet, and we have Paul. What's up, Paul? Uh, not much, Anthony. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Is this uh, is your first time in the gauntlet, or no? Uh, actually, this is the Rain Man of sports, Paul. I'm I'm one two and one on sports trivia. Okay. Because I, I beat. I beat Brad Thompson, got one 1.0, and then, of course, Jamie had to kick my butt five years. But I okay. took Randy character to tiebreaker one time. Wow, oh. so you've been, all right. So, so, so a, a couple so, of appearances. I, I say twice, too. So I'm trying to give myself the benefit of the doubt and, you know, get my scoring like soccer or hockey. Like, I, I went to a draw with Randy instead of, you know, losing outright. All right. So, so uh, Gauntlet 1.0. This is your first crack at Gauntlet 2.0. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, would you like to take on Jamie Rivers in a revenge spot? Would you take, like to take on Andrew Marsh or me? Well, I, I'm kind of disappointed in the wheel. I was going to take on Jamie in a revenge spot, but I don't trust the wheel, and I don't want hockey with him again. And I know if I take you on, I might get hockey too. So I think I'm going to take Marsh on and just hope that the wheel spins baseball. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like the breakdown, Paul. I like it. All right. So, uh, Marsh, well, before we tell Marsh to go into the cone of silence, Paul, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Okay, Marsh, you spin that wheel. No hockey. Boy, that's a healthy spin, too. It was. All right, so Marsh is going to make his way into the cone of silence right now. I know, Paul, that you said uh, you don't want to see hockey. Is Do I see Jamie? Uh, mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, well, Paul, seemed like a really nice guy. It's hockey. It's hockey. Sorry, Paul. Oh, God. <laughs> At least I'm taking well, on Marsh instead of you, Jamie. Yeah, there you go. I was about to say the same thing. You did, you could have asked for Jamie in a revenge spot, and you didn't. So, uh, Paul, you, are you the one that we often see at remotes? Yes. I, I saw you at the. You guys saw me at the, uh, the home run derby, derby and right? At Fire. I know who you are, Paul. Yeah. I pre- I, we appreciate you listening, man. Thank you. Hey, no problem. All right, now sharpen up. You ready? I'm about as ready oh. as I can be with hockey. You know what? <laughs> oh, um, we're gonna we're need. Gonna need uh, we're gonna need Mike Ryder to hey, come I'll be in. Right back. Uh, Mike, Mike is. So we've got some. We've got some audio that we need to play here. And we don't have a board operator because Marsh is our board operator. So, Mike Ryder is going to make his way back in, and he's going to be <laughs> Grant. Got creative. I like the uh, I like the audio questions. I'll tell you what. While Mike while Mike pulls up the audio, why don't we go to question two? Okay, Mike, pull so it up, please. Mike will pull it up. He'll get it. Uh, I'll give Mike the my my launch codes. Jamie, go ahead. Just read it. Okay. Go go for two. We'll start two. with question two, Paul. There you go. Scramble. Scramble. No huddle offense here. All right, right, Paul, here we go. Category hockey. Question one, question two on our scorecard. 
Well, it has to do with question one. Okay, let's go to question three. <laughs> Stay hot, guys. My God, Grant. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you mm. read it, though. Oh, yeah, I had to. Okay, uh, question three. Question one for you, Paul. The LA Kings advanced in the playoffs. Hang on, it has to do with question one again. Oh, my God. All right, go to four. Four, right. four does not. Have we got the audio? Let's just do that, because, my God, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> All right, back to question one. Here we go. In the 2013 playoffs, the Blues took a 2-0 series lead on the LA Kings after this late game-winning late, uh, game goal. So who scored this goal? Polak's going to race it down to Noisy. Hard rip by Polak to the near side. Later on, Jared Stoll. Sabotka's going to get checked, but the Blues get it in. Stewart hits it. So, who scored that goal in the 2013 playoffs with the Blues taking a 2-0 series lead on the Kings? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Vladimir Tarasenko. Final answer? Final answer. All right, now I can actually get to the questions. Question two, Paul. On that 2013 playoff team, who was the only Blue from Sweden? Oh, wow. I'll have to get the options, Jamie. All right. Was it Patrick Berglund, Chris Russell, or Roman Polak? William Polak, final answer. All right, Paul, question number three. The L.A. Kings advanced to the playoffs that season after taking down the Blues in six games. Who defeated the Kings in 2013. 2013. Defeated the Kings. Oh, give me the options, Anthony. Sure. Nashville Predators, Chicago Blackhawks, San Jose Sharks. Well, I was thinking... The Sharks, so I'm going to go ahead and go with them. Sharks, final answer? Sharks, final answer. All right, Paul, final question of the day. Before they won the Central Division in the 2020 shortened season, what year was the last time the Blues won the Central Division? I'm going to go with uh, 2014, final answer. All right, well, welcome back, Marsh. Paul, how are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling a little bit better than Jamie, but not by much. Okay. I'm not too confident because of that audio question. Sometimes I you know, remember the game itself. But sure. All right, well, we'll see how Marsh we'll does. Have to wait and see Marsh is back from the Kona silence. We'll give him a second to plug in his earphones here. Oh, no. 
I left my water in the cone of silence. Oh, this is not good. No, this oh, is the first. Wait, we got. We got. This is the rider. first time. Oh, throw yes. water around the soundboard. Oh, yeah, great not idea. great. Nice toss, oh, though. Goodness. Okay, Marsh, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. We had a bit of a fire drill here, but we got Did it. We ever. In the 2013 playoffs, the Blues took a 2-0 series lead on the LA Kings after this late game-winning goal. Who scored this goal? A late... Oh my gosh, no. I think push. that water went down the wrong pipe. I think you can push the audio, Yeah, Marshy. Ryder has set it up so oh, you won't... yeah, just click, just push play. Yep. Okay. So you won't so see... At, who scored this goal? Pollock's going to race it down. Hard rim by Pollock to the near side. Later on, Jared Stoll. Sabotka's going to get checked, but the Blues get it in. Stewart hits it. Can you, can you read the question again? I don't need the audio. I just need the question. In the 2013 playoffs, the Blues took a 2-0 series lead on the LA Kings after this late game-winning goal. Who scored the goal? I have a feeling it's Adam Cracknell, but I'm going to need the options. Ian Cole, Barrett Jackman, or Vladimir Tarasenko? Snuck it in. Ian, they're both so two. Let's just go. Let's go Tarasenko. Uh, final answer. Oh, I don't like that one. Question two, Andrew. On that 2013 playoff team, who was the only blue from Sweden? Well, uh, I believe it's Alexander Steen. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that was the series that he scored that overtime goal. Could have been a different... I know they played the Kings a few times, but uh, Steen is the only sweet I can think of, so we'll go with Steen. Final answer. Question number three. The LA Kings advanced in the playoffs that season after taking down the Blues in six games. Who defeated the Kings in 2013? Um. Okay, so this would have been the second time they played because I think they did not go to the cup final that year. That would have been the Blackhawks that beat them. But it would have been either the Blackhawks or the Red Wings because I think those two teams met in the conference. No. It's either the Blackhawks or the Red Wings, and I can't remember which one it is. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm going to go Blackhawks. I think it's the Blackhawks. Final answer. All right, final question here. Before oh. the... <laughs> Final question here. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Before you, <laughs> you the I, did, I just uh, I, I don't know. Like you got 
shot or something. Yeah, well, I did earlier today with the airsoft uh, that's gun. That's true, you did. Yeah, I can still feel it on my left cheek. All right, final question here. Before they won the Central Division in the 2020 shortened season, oh. what year was the last time the Blues won the Central Division? Wow, great question. Um, hmm. You know, I think it was 2012. So it'll have been the. Uh, well, let's 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 think here. 2012 is when the LA Kings won the Stanley Cup, and they were one of the worst team. They were a bottom team. I think they were either a seven seed or an eight seed, one of the two. So they played the Blues, and I think they beat they beat the Blues. So that it would have been that 2012 season. Um, 2011-2012 that season. So 2012 playoffs, whatever the question is. Uh, yeah, it was that year. 2011-2012? The 2011-2012 season. Final answer? Final answer. All right. All right, Jamie. Let's go over these, kid. Yeah, let's. Uh, before they won the Central Division in the 2020 shortened season, what year was the last time the Blues won the Central Division? Paul, with the... Uh, with, I don't even know. If, did you go? No, no No, options. no options. Thank you. No options for Paul. 2014. He said, mm. which was an option. Marsh, you said 2011-2012, uh, which was not an option. Okay. Correct answer is? 2015. 2015 is the correct answer. 0-0 zero, zero tie between Paul and Marsh. In the 2013 playoffs, the Blues took a 2-0 series lead on the LA Kings after this late game-winning goal. Who scored this goal? And we played the audio. Paul, you said, shot in the dark, Vladimir Tarasenko. Marsh, you took the options. Went with Vladimir Tarasenko. Correct answer is... Sabotka's going to get checked, but the Blues get it in. Stewart hits it. Jackman scores! Jax, Jax, Jax. It was Barrett Jackman who scored that goal. Yes, so. it was. And he did the X. <laughs> nice. He did. Does it say he's like, Jax, Jax. I should have I known that because he then scored again, I think in 2014 when they beat the Blackhawks. I think he scored. It was the game that Tarasenko ended up tying the game. Then they went to overtime. He scored that overtime game. Uh, but I, I couldn't remember that he did it beforehand. But right. interesting. <laughs> Nevertheless, as I throw my pen, 0-0 zero, zero tie. Yeah. On that 2013 playoff team, who was the only blue from Sweden? And I imagine, I imagine Grant did the born in Sweden when he did this question. Paul, you took the options. You went with Roman Polak. Marsh, you said Alexander Steen. Yeah, you know, he was born in Canada. That's yeah. why I'm thinking. Yeah. Correct answer is. Patrick Berglund. Uh, Patrick yeah. Berglund. So, was Steen. He on the 2013 team? He was. Yeah, I looked it up because when you said Steen, and I was like, uh oh. Yeah, and well, he, yeah, was, he was born in probably Winnipeg. He was. Yeah. yeah. In the wonderful city of Winnipeg. So, 0 0. I mean, we talked about run suppression the other day. And Anthony. Paul wow. and Marsh are putting on a run suppression show right now. <laughs> it comes down to this. The LA Kings advanced in the playoffs that season after taking down the Blues in six games. Who defeated the Kings in 2013? Paul took the options, and he went with the San Jose Sharks. Marsh, 
you were between the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. Eventually, you said the Chicago Blackhawks. If it's the Blackhawks, Marsh wins. If it's the San Jose Sharks, Paul wins. If it's any team in the NHL that fits this question, <laughs> we have a walk-off and a 0-0 tie. Jamie? Well, we often bug Anthony Stalter about where he was born. Chicago Blackhawks. Wow. Paul. You have chosen See what you did poorly. There. You lose. <laughs> Marsh wins 2 to nothing. <laughs> You guys got every question oh wrong God. except for that one. Heavyweight tilt. <laughs> uh, Paul, thanks for playing. Thanks for listening as much as you do. We do appreciate it, but uh, we got to send you home. Sorry, man. Yeah, no problem. I, I just feel so bad because some of these things, I, I, I would have been better if I was listening at home. Well, either way, we appreciate you listening. Yeah, I, so. mean, I mean, sometimes I, I just take shots in the dark at home, and I, sure. I know them, but yeah, yeah. it is harder when you're live on air. You're doing great, Paul. You're doing great, we Paul. Appreciate yep. you listening, Good job, buddy. Paul. See you, Paul. That was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you again. Hey, there you go. That's the gauntlet here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. That's um, just not having the water. I think well, that's what messed me uh, up. You don't understand the struggle that yeah. was going on in here because the first three questions yeah. all surrounded the audio. Oh. So we tried so to skip tried the first skip question. And say, all right, you know, give Mike Ryder an opportunity. <laughs> find the audio. <laughs> They're all connected. All three questions. The first were three questions. questions. Yeah, they're about Somewhat. the 2013 team. Yeah. Oh and so I, every time I start to ask a question, I'm like, eh, no, I, no hmm. can't go to that question. Because I didn't of, want to give away the first question right. by talking about the other questions. Yeah, and I don't know I if you would have, but either so way, Anthony, I've learned a couple things in my lifetime. Okay, one, don't pet a burning dog. Two, don't fry bacon without a shirt on. Three, don't wipe your ass with a broken beer bottle. Yeah, and four, don't mess with the rules in the gauntlet. Oh, good call. Mm. Yeah, I can't wait to look at the text line. Jamie, well, uh, well said there. That was the worst gauntlet. It's great advice for you. Okay, that will go down as the worst gauntlet ever. I think. Hey, a win's from, a win. A win is a from win. From like a, an execution standpoint. Yeah. From it's a real playoff game. It, you look drained right now. I'm drained. <laughs> yes. I'm drained right now after that gauntlet, which lasted 17 minutes and now 40 seconds. It's the longest gauntlet. It's the worst gauntlet we've ever had. <laughs> I have no, we're way off clock right now. I yeah. don't even know where I am right now. I have to go to the bathroom. Where are we? Where, where, where are we? Where are we? I have to go to the bathroom. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. Do the Cardinals have a have a clear direction for 2024? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I'm sure we'll get into that uh, quickly oh, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Do the Cardinals have a clear direction for 2024? I'm not being snarky. I'm not being flippant. No. I think that's part of the big concern that I have about the Cardinals. They don't have a clear direction, Jamie. Why would you say that, Anthony? Where should we start? Uh, They need at least three starters, if not more. Well, five or six. Five, according to this. Yeah, some. Uh, So let me ask you this, okay? Because... I think the Cardinals have been crystal clear as to what their plans are. Really? Yeah. Pitching. We heard John Moselock say that. Yep. And what did he acquire mostly at the deadline? Pitching. And what does he still say they need? Pitching. So the Cardinals got to figure it out, right? 
Isn't that what you do? You figure out like the one thing that you need and you just go get it, right? If you're a horse and you're running in a race, mm -hmm. yes. You put the blinders on, you just go forward. So you're not distracted by anything else. Yes. Yeah. So what, could be, the, so what could be the problem? If all they need is pitching mm -hmm. and you go get pitching, problem solved, right? Wrong, Anthony. Wrong. Wrong. Who the hell's your outfield next year? Oh, it's uh oh, no, I got this. Uh no, go ahead. Jordan Walker, yeah, uh, rhyme them off, please. Lars Newbar. Mm -hmm. So hang on, that's one, two, go ahead. Tyler O'Neill's still on the roster. Yep, three. Um Richie Palacios yep. now, Four. I guess. Uh let's see here. Dylan Carlson. Yep, five. Uh, of course you got your infielders that are also outfielders. Tommy Edmond. Yeah, six. Uh, Brendan Donovan. Seven. Hmm. Have you said Burleson uh, Apparently yet? now. No, Alec Burleson yeah, and eight. apparently now Will Contreras. Nine. Hey, you got nine outfielders. No problem there, right? No. problem is there's only three that get to play in the game. I don't follow you. There's nine. Mm -hmm. There's nine that go on the field, so. That would be nice on some nights. <laughs> Depends on who pitch, who's, who's pitching. That's right. Mm. You, don't want one, you don't want those little squibblers to find the hole. Very true. Yeah. So, you have nine outfielders. That you could possibly use. Mm -hmm. Guess what you don't have? Pitching? A starting catcher! Oh. Apparently you don't have a starting catcher either because you're asking Wilson Contreras, pretty pleased with Sugar on it, can you play a corner outfield in the DH? I don't know that to be true. I'm assuming. That's my opinion on what I'm getting out of all this stuff. So, again, once again, going back to your Dexter Fowler reference that you use all the time, which is very accurate, and I understand why you, you use it. Oh, we need a center fielder. Oh, we got the center fielder. Oh, we need pitching, right? Oh, we got the pitching. But you forgot two other areas that could hurt your ball club as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're singularly focused on pitching and pitching alone, you've made a mistake. Now, if you're hyper-focused on the pitching, knowing there's other things to address, I'm fine with that. Because the pitching, to me, if you put it in order of power rankings, right? Yeah. Uh, on the podium, your gold medal of needs is pitching. Your sil silver medal, probably catching. Based on how important the catching position is, even though, you know, Wilson Contreras ranks in some of the higher categories in catching, it doesn't matter. Apparently he doesn't call the game properly, and doesn't yep. frame pitches. I'm willing Can't to, tie his, his cleats, apparently. I'm willing to accept that. But the bottom line is then you need a catcher. Right. That fits your needs, whatever, whatever it is, whatever those are. So catcher, silver medal, the bronze medal is your nine outfielders. Who the hell's playing outfield? Right. You can probably keep five of them, because like Richie Palacios, he has helped his case so much mm -hmm. because he plays second base and he can play anywhere in the outfield. So you want to bat off the bench or give somebody a rest? He's your guy. Yeah, he's got some pop, way more than anybody thought he had. I mean, at least more than I thought he had. He's got some speed. So Palacios could be that that extra out the fourth or fifth outfielder. But then what who is your top three? Walker has to play. Newt has to play. Edmund has to play. So where the hell does Donovan play? So the Cardinals have a big problem here. Mm -hmm. And if they're only isolating pitching and pitching alone, we're gonna have the same conversations next year, a different position or multiple positions that they need to improve upon because they missed the boat again. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. When you're a company and you start to lose profits, a couple of months, you know, you don't know, you don't panic after one month. 
But after a while, a, a trend emerges. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to make changes. Don't you also want to fall back on who you are as a company? Well, what, you, you you want to go what's back our to our mission statement. You want right? to go back to the roots. Yes. What are we? What are we? What do we provide? What are we excellent at? Did we get too far away huh? from that in, in trying to improve ourselves? Because we've got to keep up with the times, too. But did we get too far right from where we were? So how do we get centered? What do you fall back on? Right? Yeah. You're, you're somebody who owns multiple you companies. you got to go back to the roots of what you truly are. And you also have to backtrack... If like at the end of the line is where your biggest problem is, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that on your way to that big problem, there were other problems and things that happened that you didn't recognize recognize or that you overlooked. Or you didn't address? Yeah. Okay. Using that analogy, the Cardinals have been hemorrhaging profits now for, you know, they think only a couple of months. They're very profitable, Anthony. (laughs) Well, you give them, let's stick with the analogy. (laughs) What do you fall back on though? What do you, you, spo- spo- you fall back? Because at one point I knew they were they were about pitching and defense. I can't say that that's what they're about well, right they're now. Well, they're not. They're absolutely not that. So what the you- numbers bear it out. This year you had no pitching, and your defense was suspect at times. That's the other problem, Jamie. So we could. You're right. It, they they're they're they like fix one leak. They're like, oh, there's uh, no more leaks now. No, you had a leak back there too, and another one over here that's well, getting bigger. But you, they, you, you just patch it. They fix and move the, on. They fix the biggest leak. Yes, thinking that this is the only thing that's going to sink the ship. Right. Meanwhile, the small leaks continue to fill the ship with water, and ultimately you sink anyways. Yes. But the Cardinals overlook that because they just take everything. They take all of the um, the the caulking gun. They take all of the silicone and fill that huge hole. Use the whole thing of it. And then look back three months later, and those little wee holes have you about to sink, and they have nothing left. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, it's a mess. It is. It's a mess. I like the offense. That's about it. But even the, even within that, like you're saying with the outfield and so, the musical chairs. Text line never fails. Someone says, the defensive metrics that I that I see uh, throughout the, the Major League Baseball have Contreras as a top 10 catcher defensively. I don't know which what, I don't know I, which metrics well, you use. It using. doesn't matter. I, I I did a little research before the show. I didn't do enough. I should have came armed with way more. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a few categories for sure where he is top ten in catching metrics. Okay. Not offensively either. I'm sure it's probably his pop up and you know his velocity to second base. Like he's got a couple things going for him. My point is he's not Yadier Molina. He's not going to win a Gold Gloves at catcher. But my God, can you not get over some of the obstacles or work with him? Like, why does it have to be his fault? Why can't it be your fault Yeah, as the coaching staff? All right. Moving forward here. We'll do a very quick Stalter stack up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Stalter stack up. The top 10 teams in the NFL from the mind of Anthony Stalter. That's right. Time for the Stalter stack up. Courtesy of the sick mind of me. Let's do this, Marsh. Go. The number one team in the NFL, according to Anthony Stalter. No reason to move them out. San Francisco 49ers took care of business again. Last Thursday against the Giants, they did what they did the previous two weeks. Jamie, they, they beat a bad opponent. They beat an opponent badly. 
positionless football, guys. We we see we have seen the NBA move away from pos- positions, right? Set positions. 49ers are doing the same thing in in the NFL. They can have Debo Samuel in the backfield. They can have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. They can have Christian McCaffrey in the slot. They can put Debo Samuel in the slot. They can move guys around constantly. It's difficult to defend that offense. And, of course, that mm-hmm. defense stud at every level. They're ja- fantastic. Jamie, what do you think Kyle Shanahan's favorite position is to put these guys in? I think it's um, the successful ones. Yeah, the position that they're the best at. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can have a guy in several different positions, but there's always one position that you excel in. For sure. You know? That's, I think that's... That's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, I think that's... I'm uh, like, what's your best position? Wow. Let's do that. Yeah. Or let's play that. It's prolific. For is that sure. what the offense is called? Prolific, yeah. Prolific gotcha. offense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number two. The number two team that I have is Philadelphia Eagles. Took care of business, just like the 49ers did. They, they did it uh, in Tampa. Who'd you say? The Eagles? Yeah, Eagles. What? All right. Yep. No, it's the Stalter stack-up. I can't interfere. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> did you not like what they did to your, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, one, I did not appreciate it at all, but... They also didn't blow them out of the friggin' water either. So they absolutely they did. They didn't wow me. They do, they they dominated they, that game from start to finish. Did they do a Dolphins versus Broncos? No, they didn't exactly. do a Dolphins versus Broncos. The Broncos are You're just a handing out second place to a team that could barely beat the Buccaneers. Really? Yeah, they won twenty-five to eleven. The Bucks didn't score until the fourth quarter, virtually. Yeah, well, it's the wrong pick, Anthony. But it's a stalter stack-up. So go ahead. Yeah, the Eagles too. Okay, fine. They're NFC champions, mm. and there's no reason to keep them out of two. Well, there is. Marsh, go. Number three. Kansas City Chiefs, defending oh champs. The, the defending champs, Kansas City Chiefs. You're caught up in the Swifties. That's what you are. I had them, I had them third last week. Honestly, they should probably be one because they're the defending champs. But we saw them struggle a little bit offensively. But last week when we did this, I said, don't worry. They're going to be fine. Offense going to light it up. 41 points against uh, that I, I oh, that juggernaut. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Anthony. That group of five team, the believe, Chicago Bears. I did hear Anthony listening to Red earlier in the office. It was Taylor's version, actually. Um, so maybe that's why he's a little biased. Mm-hmm. My wife, Kristen, loves Taylor Swift. Loves her. Well, apparently she's I, influencing the stack up. Uh, uh, not your it, wife, that is. Not my cup of tea. Taylor Swift. Number four. Number four, I have the Miami Dolphins. It's about time. What do you mean it's about time? It should be two. Who, who out of the three of us had them win the AFC East? Because I don't remember you doing that. I don't even think you had the Dolphins in the playoffs. And you only had seven teams. That's a lie. I didn't have I didn't have. You the didn't have them in the playoffs. playoffs. Get no. it right. You're gonna, no, you get it if right. If you're going to point fingers, get it right. Don't finger me if you're wrong. You know what, Jamie? Okay. I'll finger you if you're wrong or right. Well, then I'll tell you what, I'm going to snap off that finger. You better watch out, Anthony. Did you see what he did to Mike Ryder in the break? I did. <laughs> he was poor, vicious. Poor you know what, Anthony? Did he deserve it? No. But every now and then you got to send a message, right? Dolphins four. Number after winning five. seventy to twenty. Number five, I got uh, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. The, bu- the old Buffalo Bills well, at I, number five. Anthony's been into the cough syrup today. My God. Well, Marsh thought they were going to lose the last two weeks. All they did was blow out the respective opponent. I told Donnie the other day, "You're welcome." Raiders last knew what week. I was talking about. Or, uh, Raiders two weeks ago. Commanders last week, 37 to three. They're running the ball, guys. They're actually running the ball with James Cook. 
It's nice to kind of take a little pressure out of Josh off the Josh Allen's shoulders when you got other playmakers. And that defense was disgusting on Sunday. I got the Bills five. Number six. Had to drop the Cowboys. Had to drop them out of the five, out of the top five. You lose twenty eight to sixteen as an eleven and a half point road favorite. Gotta drop you. Dallas in the red zone the last two weeks. And this is a game two weeks ago that they they thumped the Jets. Three and eleven. Since when does the red zone matter? It, it matters a lot. <laughs> it's like runners in scoring position, Anthony. A lot. Like beyond the power play. You make your you make your your money as a quarterback on third downs and in the red zone. And Dak has been bad. And this is not just one week. This is the last couple of weeks now for the Cowboys. Dan Quinn can go back to the drawing board too a little bit defensively. Well, he he lost a big piece though. He did lose a big piece. The, the Cardinals did whatever they wanted in the first half, though. You can't I'm do out. that good. They I'm need out. to lose in order for and him to become the head coach. Anthony, that's true. That's true. It's a good point. That Cardinals team's a juggernaut. That Cardinals team is thus far playing very hard. Was, yeah, they are. Is that why they looked awkward? Well said. Number seven. I got the Ravens. I had the Ravens in the Super Bowl with Jamie. I they're mean, terrible. I, boy, they're not terrible. They got they got some things to iron <laughs> that out. That new OC has ruined that team. No, Bring he back hasn't. the old guy with the th- three plays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> those three plays worked. Bring him back. They got an MVP with those three plays. The, the the Ravens have not picked up first downs when they've mattered. You know, like key situations. In, in tight games, especially on Sunday, third down and short, not picking it up. They had every opportunity to win that game, a game that, you know, they, they should have won handily. But the Colts also, the, Matt Gay, their kicker, had, I think, three or four 50-some-odd yard field goals in bad weather. So give credit to the Colts. They played hard. Ravens, again, that's an opponent they should they should beat. They can't run the ball. I think that's the bigger issue. It's not necessarily the passing game. The defense is fine. But I still got them seven. I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon quite yet. Number eight. This one's going to surprise a lot of people, but they complete, and they haven't faced, granted, they have not faced a good quarterback yet. They faced a hobbled Joe Burrow. They faced uh, Kenny Pickett, and they faced Ryan Tannehill. But the Browns' defense has been suffocating. Deshaun looks um, not good. He, he, um, He made a pass backwards about 20 yards behind him. To nobody. Yeah, it was good lateral. Yeah, that's you know what when you're under pressure as a quarterback, For sure. they, they advise you turn, throw the ball backwards like a lateral. Yeah, yeah. so the other team can get it. Yeah, yeah we call it the old that. flea flicker. Don't mm-hmm. um, don't throw the ball away forward. Yeah. Throw it backwards. Nonetheless, I like the defense there for uh, Cleveland, and these other teams are all shaky too. So I got the Browns eight. Number nine. These two teams could flip, but number nine, I got the Packers. They came back on Sunday. Jordan Love, they, they really should be 3-0. They, uh, they, they could be 1-2. They decimate, well, they crushed Chicago. Yes, there's one win. They crushed Chicago. Last week, they should have won. They should have beat Atlanta. They didn't. And this, this week, they did the old flip-flop. They probably should have lost this one. Nonetheless. Derek Carr got injured. Jordan. Jameis Winston Saints, had to come in. The, but they were up. The Saints were up 17 nothing. Well, I'm saying they could have put up more points, is what I'm the saying. The Saints could have? Yeah, with Derek Carr. Have you liked what you've seen out of the Derek Carr-led offense for the Saints thus far? No, but I like the 17 points they had put up before he got injured. <sighs> but seven came from 
the punt return for a touchdown. I don't, I'm not. Fair. I'm not impressed with the Saints at all. I'm not either. I had them winning the NFC South. They probably still will, but that 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 Saints team has not been good. Anthony, just let me be jealous for five minutes. Okay. Packers nine. Number ten. I got the Lions. Damn it. I probably should have the Seahawks because they they actually beat the Lions, but Seattle gave up 27 points to Carolina, an Andy Dalton-led Carolina team, and then at they couldn't cover Adam Thielen. I think Seattle. I'm going to stick with what I said with with Seattle in terms of the preseason expectations. I don't think they make the playoffs this year, even in a bad NFC. I'm not completely impressed with them. They had a nice comeback last week against Detroit. Detroit shot itself in the foot. I think Detroit's a better team. They play that game 10 times. I think the Lions win six or seven of them. So I got the Lions out of the Seahawks. I got the Lions at 10. Well, Anthony, every now and then we have a bad week. It happens. I like the we. Stalter Stackup had its bad week. Nah, I don't think so. That was pretty bad. Marshy knows. He texts me. Hmm. Mid segment. Yeah, hey. And how wow. could he not put a seventy point team in the, at least a top three? Well, they'll earn their way. You know what? Maybe maybe if they kick that field goal, they're number one. But you never know, right? It's honestly what. It's Anthony. honestly why I docked them. It's fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. Anthony grades on a curve. Let's play. Prove me wrong. Next <laughs> on one hundred and one ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. All right, the uh, always popular Prove Me Wrong here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. This is where Andrew Marsh reads a statement. Jamie and I uh, are basically lawyers in this, and we were tasked to prove the listener wrong. Marsh, what do we got? All right, let's start off from the 636. Prove Me Wrong. The Cards finished third in the Central next year at best. Ooh, that is juicy. You're going to finish fourth or fifth because you've got too many issues right now. You're going to have five new starters, Anthony. Yeah, you're going to have five new starters next year. You're going to have – actually, you're not. You're going to bring back Michaelis and Matt, so you're going to guarantee them. And then when you fiddle around and, you know, when you play with your food all offseason, instead of actually doing – yeah, I don't know. I'm going to run with it now. Hang on. Let's isolate this. Where did you get that? Play with your food because you've because my kids always play in with their four food. Four years of radio with you, Anthony. I've never heard you say, Yeah, like playing with your food, like a cat playing with his food. Like, I've yeah. never heard you say, it. and then in two days, you've said I've it like four lot. times. That's because my kid, I always, my kids are always playing with their food, and it and it and it it angers me sometimes. I'm like, Stop, like, let's either eat or don't. But, but have you ever done the airplane with your kids? The whole open up, like, no, as your wife, no. Never. The airplane thing? No. I know exactly what you're talking about, but no. What about the train? The chugga, 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 no. chugga, choo-choo. Because, you know, that would technically be playing with your food. So you'd you know be setting I mean, a no. poor example. What are you they doing? They're throwing spaghetti on the wall? I think what yeah. you're talking about is more like a cat. So yeah. cats are vicious where they don't just kill their prey right away. Right. They injure it and then play with it and damage it until they're bored and then they eat it. Mm. So I think that's what you're talking about. Okay, well, how would you say that then? I don't know. You just say it a lot, and I'm wondering where you got it. Well, I watched your cat 
play around with my cat. Yeah, with with a, a huh. mouse. Yeah, until it was almost dead, and then he ate it. So that's actually what I was referring to. My cat, my daughter's cat, that uh, lives at my house, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Did you clean that litter box today? Mm, no, we had uh, one of the boys do it yesterday. Mm. But uh, that cat gets on my desk every day while I'm at work and knocks off everything on purpose. Of course, videotaped it one time and sits there waiting, and then just goes and knocks it off, <laughs> and then waits and scurries over and looks around and. Knocks the one. I couldn't find uh, a pen one time. She had knocked it off the desk down the hallway underneath the door to the basement. It was on the mm. landing to the basement. Wow. Cat had fun, though. Freaking cat. Yeah, your Cardinals are going to finish fourth or fifth next year because you're not going to get enough quality pitching. You're going to run this thing back. I think they finished second or third. I know that's... I, I know. I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you guys whoa, were a team. Whoa, whoa. What's they going on here? They don't finish third. They can finish first, they can finish second, they can finish fourth, or they can finish fifth. Why can't they finish third? Because this has proved me wrong. We have to prove, and or you guys are, have to. And the texter said they, they finished they finish third. Across third, 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 third. best. Yeah, they finished fourth. Jeez. Anthony, this is that game. Maybe this is the one that gets me. It's not, but this is now going to get you. They're, they're, <laughs> okay, that was excessive. You guys went from getting the buzzer correctly, the ding, then you... Started talking about who knows what. Cats. Some cats. You uh, get in the X. Then Anthony brought it back. He brought it back. And then and then you two were on different pages. And that's when I came to the conclusion that you guys did not prove this texture wrong. Can I be honest for a second? You forgot what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through my yeah. cat playing with the food, and then I forgot the whole prove me wrong was the sales pitch of prove me wrong, mm-hmm. and then I just fell on my face. And okay. Anthony, I hold myself personally <laughs> I appreciate responsible that. for that X. Hey, you're fine. You're going to be great now. So I let's just so. get back on the... Uh, Do me a favor. Can yeah. you stay focused, please? I'll try. All right. I'll try. From the 618... <laughs> Prove me wrong. NIL and transfer portal will end the Alabama dynasty. Oh, that is juicy. You mean the dynasty that has produced how many national championships now? Before NIL, though. Oh, come on. NIL has always existed, Jamie. Now it's just out there. Paper bag, buddy. Exactly. You don't think Nick Saban's going to still be able to recruit? Yeah. You don't think Nick Saban's going to be motivated by this now? You don't think the blue bloods of the Alabama Alumni Association are going to make sure that the Crimson Tide continue to be in the conversation? Right. Damn right they are. Yeah. All those guys have gone off with tech companies, oil money, politicians, you name it. They want Bama to be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So they will be back. Imagine Nick Saban sitting in somebody's family room, right? Son, what are your goals? I want to make a truckload of money. I want to go to the NFL. Alabama's not going anywhere as long as Nick Saban's there. I'll give it to you. It's only been one year that they were not in the college football playoff. Yes. Let's not act like it's a a five-year hiatus. Right. This year, we'll see. 
You only have one loss. And Clemson is more like Cle- you can put Clemson in that for category. Sure. Absolutely. If you say Clemson, I couldn't prove you wrong. Absolutely. Dabo Sweeney just doesn't want to get recruits or no. doesn't want to get transfers for sure. It's like we're gonna uh, we're gonna do this the right way. You know, him, really, you're getting your ass no. kicked now. You watch what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna change his tune. <laughs> hey, Dion, how'd you do that thing there? Yeah. We got 55 different guys. Right. Can you show me how yeah. to? Like it's a computer program. <laughs> Y'all want to show me how to do that, please? <laughs> you guys how feet or see how fast he runs down that hill? Have you yeah. seen highlights Dabo? of that? Yeah, he's gonna hurt himself pretty fast. So, he might. He might trip and fall. Yep. Have you um, watching that? Have you ever wished that he is does trip and fall? No, I do. Oh no, I do, that's guys. terrible. No, I do. He's kind of a smug, pompous dude. Yeah. Um, and I'd say it to his face. Doesn't bother me. Running down that hill. <laughs> you that. said it. Yeah. Dabo, come see me. I want him to trip and turf burn. And then ah. he's he's a psychopath, right? Mm-hmm. So he will coach through it. You'll you know, go to the sidelines and he'll be sitting there with like turf burn on his face. You know it just hurts like hell. <laughs> so, he's calling them plays. So do you think he falls like towards the end and then like slides on the turf on his face. Yeah, like kind of a like slip the, and then a little bump. And like it, the <laughs> the girl in the first date, Blink-182 music video where she's sliding on her braces. I don't, I don't know, know if you've I, seen that. Yeah, I don't know if I've yeah. seen that video. People who have, you know what I'm talking about. I picture about. him falling, bumping in the air, and then when he lands, it's <laughs> on the turf. Yeah. No hands at all, though, because he's so shocked that he fell. I like that. Yeah. All right, last one here. From the 314, Nolan Arnato won't win the gold glove this year. Prove me wrong. Anthony. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lions Choice Sandwich Coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, before the show started, we got a Woj bomb on Twitter or X breaking the Portland Trail Blazers are trading guard Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks, sources tell ESPN. So this has been out for a little while, but we are just now hitting it. What are your thoughts on Damian Lillard? Going to the Bucks, Anthony. Your thoughts? Well, now I mean, he's out of he's out of Portland finally, so we're we're gonna see him play games that are gonna be a lot more meaning meaningful moving forward. Here, there's no more excuses. I mean, he's he's playing with uh, one of, if not the best, in the league. And Giannis, you gave up Drew Holiday, you gave up DeAndre Ayton, you gave up you know first round pick. They swapped a couple of picks, so uh, interesting move. They clearly feel as though Portland, Milwaukee does that. That if you pair Dame and Giannis, that this is this is going to lead you back to the title. I mean, last last year's disaster. Want to fire their head coach after winning the championship two years ago? So you're kind of all in on the the Dame Lillard 
Uh, you got all your basket, all your, all your eggs in that basket. So it's gonna be interesting. I just, I like that he's out of Portland. I didn't see him going to Milwaukee, but I think it's great. Does that affect his his legacy as an NBA player? I know NBA fans always use the term legacy. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. You he mean, was you traded. Mean he, it's not like yeah, he signed. It's not with like him. He signed, right. It's not like he did. It's not like he did the Kevin Durant thing. Right. Oh so. wow! Yeah, Kevin Durant. Oof. I mean, he's a seven-time All Star. Yeah. He, so if he wins, if he wins a title, you're saying, you know, well, because he had a well, he could have do it himself, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at his track record. It's phenomenal. So, I wanted to bring up something that everyone is talking about surrounding the NFL. Could be the biggest news. No, it's not Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It's Good. the tush push. Everyone keeps talking about the tush push because the Eagles just played on Monday night. I mean, why wouldn't you be? Exactly. Some people want to outlaw it, though. They're not a well, fan of the tush push. In certain states, I believe it is outlawed still. <laughs> hmm. The fourth and one play or the uh, yeah. and goal play? That's what we're talking about. Of course. What else are you talking about? Well, that's what we're talking about. Thoughts on the tush push? Should it be outlawed? I think 31 defensive coordinators want it outlawed. The only defensive coordinator that doesn't is the Eagles, D.C., mm-hmm. because yeah. of Jalen Hurts. I don't care. You know what, Anthony? I don't mind the tush push. If you don't like it, learn how to defend it better. You know what I'm it's saying? It's basically indefensible. It's or, not. Get a stronger get a stronger defensive line. Get more guys there defending the tush push. It's basically the indefensible. The more guys, the better in that situation, Anthony. You have a better chance at that point. There, wait until... So if you have Jalen Hurts who can who can squat, I think, 500 pounds. He could good, probably good do all that. that on his own. Probably. Wait until you see some of these teams. They're going to they're gonna design a play off of this. Like, there's going to be... This is what happens in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, you take that play, you watch. Somebody's going to do that and then have a counter to it. Something something somewhat unique, and it's going to wind up being a pass play. Well, yeah. Or a handoff to... The you old know, fake tush push. That was a wide out. There you go. All these other teams are complaining about it. Why not do it yourself? Like the Chargers, for instance. We talked about them having a a fourth and one or fourth and inches against Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and they elected to run the ball instead of throwing it, which they could have thrown it and probably have gotten the first down. But why don't they do the tush push? Yeah. I I believe Keenan Allen even said we should do that. Sure. There's no rule saying they can't. Yeah, all teams shouldn't. If you don't like the tush push, don't put yourself in that position. Okay. What I mean is the defense hold the offense away from that area. You don't like mm-hmm. the the fourth and inches. Don't give them that. I mean, it is what it is. Jeez, I think we should just give them the first down instead. No, don't allow, don't outlaw it. No, you can't. No, I personally, I like it. You know what, Marshy? I don't blame you. Yeah. Is that all you got for us there, Marsh? Yeah, I okay. think we end on the tush push. All right. The fast lane, that's us. We'll, uh, we'll be live this Friday from 2 to 6 at Autosurance Nissan in Herculaneum for their huge anniversary sale. Check out 750 new end-use vehicles of almost every make in stock, discounted and ready for sale. Plus, spin to get an additional $1,000 off. You could also register to win a new Polaris ATV. I've, I saw that, Jamie. I'm, I think you're going to be riding around on Friday. Oh, I, for I sure. I could see you. Probably two hot dogs in, in your hand, too.
while you ride it. Double fisted. Absolutely. You know uh, Fast Lane, that's us again live this Friday from Auto Center's Nissan's anniversary sale out in Herculaneum. Hopefully, we see you out there. NFL fill in the blank next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, time to play NFL fill in the blank here in the fast lane on 101 to ESPN. What do you got for us, Marsh? All right, let's start off with Robert Sala is blank for keeping Zach Wilson as the Jets' starting quarterback. Um, wow. So I don't feel like it's his fault. So I don't know what he is. Is blank is uh, forced to keep Zach yeah. Wilson? Yep. Perfect. The, the quarterback. Because I don't think he wants that. Right. But there's nobody riding in on a big white horse to save the day. Mm-mm. I mean, you go with Trevor Simeon, go for it. Go with, Results I mean, are likely to be the same. You go with a number of guys. Like, if I was the Jets, would I kick the tires on some of these recently retired guys? It probably. But how quickly can they get up to speed in that offense? Mm-hmm. Like, are you still another three or four weeks, maybe five weeks away from them being like, Ready? I, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it, no matter who you pick up at this point, it's it's going to be it's going to be very tough for them to kind of get on, you know, get up to speed quickly. Although, hey, Shaky Bakey did it in like two hours. So who um, you know. who was the backup quarterback last year in Denver? Denver. That was uh, was it the behind Russ? Was it the kid from Mizzou? Was he the backup? No, so he's in Seattle now, Drew Locke. Yeah. Because he was part of that Russell Wilson trade. Oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I don't know who the backup was. My thought is that whoever the backup was, maybe he kicked the tires on that guy because of Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. But I don't know. Otherwise, there's no way out of it. No, there's not. Would you. Okay, so let's say Kirk Cousins is not available. Okay. Kirk Cousins is not available. They can't get him. You could do a lot worse than to throw Tennessee a seventh-round pick and say, uh, hey, Ryan Tannehill, come to New York. Tennessee's got two guys behind. They drafted two guys the last two years, Malik Willis and then obviously this year Will Levis. Tennessee's not going anywhere. Ryan Tannehill's not is not good, but he's better than he's a better option than Zach Wilson. He's a better option than Trevor Simeon. Hmm. It'll cost you a seventh-round pick. Bring him in. He can turn around, hand hand the ball off, and not turn the ball over, which yeah. is what Wilson's doing. I don't think the whole Kirk Cousins to the Jets thing is going to be. I, I just don't think it's going to come to fruition because the the Vikings are going to try and get back in this NFC North race. Mm-hmm. While by that time the Jets could be one in whatever. Yeah. By the trade deadline, I actually read something that it makes more sense for the Atlanta Falcons to trade for Kirk Cousins. His wife is from Atlanta, from Georgia. So that's what I, that's what I saw. Oh, I mean, he would do a lot with – he'd do a lot more with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and Desmond Ritter is right now. They actually throw the ball forward. So it wouldn't be that wouldn't be a terrible fit. <laughs> I don't what? know how I feel about it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how I feel about it, but All right. he'd be better. He'd be way better than Desmond Ritter, light years. All right, blank has been the biggest disappointment this season. Chargers. 
based on my expectations of of the Chargers, the talent level, like we knew that Brandon Staley was an issue. But we've known that for a while. And Justin Herbert and the Chargers, their talent has overcome that. Mm. They're they're incredibly disappointing. They should be 0-3. They should have lost on Sunday to the Vikings. So again, based on expectations, my expectations, I would say the Chargers. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, the Bears were predicted to be terrible. Not by not by everybody. Some no. people like the Bears. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, I guess... The other team I think you can go with, a lot of people would go with, it would be the Bengals. Yeah, well, that's kind of where I was headed. But then I, I thought about an injured Joe Burrow, so I kind of got, cut him a little slack. But if I take Joe Burrow's injury out of it, then, yeah, it's the Cincinnati Bengals because I had them winning this division. And it doesn't have to be a team either. It could be a player. It could be a coach. Not saying that yeah. you know you have to go that direction, but you just know, to an- keep your options open. Another one uh, would be Jacksonville. Yeah, they haven't they haven't looked great. Their offense stunk in week two. The Colts had them for you know oh, a boy. lot of that g- week one game, and then last week you completely laid laid an egg at home against the Texans. So Jacksonville, I, I would say Chargers one, Jacksonville two. Based on again on my preseason expectations. All right, guys. Next one. The blank would not be where they are right now this early in the year without blank. Hmm. Uh, that's a good. Wow, that's a. Well, really I'd good say question. the Dolphins wouldn't be where they're at without Tua. Because we saw what happened to them once Tua was out for the season mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And we all kind of giggled and I think we still don't take it seriously that Tua is actually an elite quarterback in the NFL. I, I I find myself still unwilling to give him full credit, but all he's done since he's been a Miami Dolphin is prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's not injured. He started last season, he was on fire. Yeah. And he got injured and he got injured again and all that stuff. And we saw what happened to the Dolphins ultimately. Sure. So if they don't have Tua right now, I feel like that's a big difference maker for them because they showed us last year without him, it was a big difference. Yeah. That's a good one. How about the Browns wouldn't be 2-1 and one without Miles Garrett? Oh, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're... I've never seen... Well, I shouldn't a one-man have, wrecking crew. I shouldn't have never seen it. There are very few players that I've seen on defense completely disrupt an offensive system. Yeah. To where the other team is calling timeouts because they can't figure out where the hell you're going to line up. Right. So Lawrence Taylor was a guy that did that to teams' offenses. Uh, remember Randy White with the Cowboys, Mean Joe Green. Like, we're going mm-hmm. back here a little yep. bit. Richard Dent with the Chicago Bears. Sure. Like, there's some guys that disrupted offenses. Reggie White. Reggie White, for sure. Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith, yes. But... They're unique, mm-hmm. right? Right now, Miles Garrett is that guy. Yeah, he's phenomenal. That's a good, multiple, that's a really good question. Well, thank you. We have multiple people texting in saying the Chiefs would not be where they are without Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, financially and the revenue that they've driven the yeah. last handful <laughs> of days. Yeah. The Kelsey podcast is number one in the nation. Uh, I mean, the residual things that have happened because of Taylor Swift is out of this world. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good one yeah the- lamar hunt jr is like oh yeah baby go chiefs <laughs> <laughs> all 
Alright guys, next one. Blank is not playing like his former self. Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one's gonna be hard to beat. I mean, he's terrible. Yep. He is I've seen some bad, bad And the drop off oh. has been so steep. Wow. It's like it's like somebody had a Porsche and took the wheels off the Porsche mm-hmm. and just and keep still, hammering the gas. They right decided now. to drive it anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's a good that's that's the you talk about a perfect answer. It's that's a perfect answer. Is <laughs> Russell Wilson. Yeah. No doubt. Marsh, you got another one or yeah, yeah, I got a few more. Blank have the best chance of making the playoffs after being one and two. Ooh. Well, uh, I gotta I gotta go back to my my previous I was gonna go to the Chargers. I'm not. I knew you were go, going there. I'm gonna go Jaguars. Yeah, that's a good one too. They're the safe, they're the safer play. Because Indy's two and one, but I, I I can't see Indy keeping up this momentum. Then you've got Houston and Tennessee. So mm-hmm. rebuilding Houston and a Tennessee team that's like just they're not rebuilding. They're just caught. They're caught in between. So Jacksonville. They're one and two. They're better. They're they're a better team than what they've shown. I don't know if they read their press clippings all summer and just decided to start off a little little slow. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're the they're the best one and two team not not named Cincinnati. I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe. I do. That division is not great. The Steelers aren't great. The Baltimore Ravens have not impressed me. They've been fine. Cleveland Browns I have no faith in. And I don't. Even with our guy, Miles Garrett? Well, yeah, he's fine, but he can't pass the football and catch it. I mean, I'm sure he could, but, you know, he's not the quarterback. Give him a try. I would at this point. But uh, I think the Bengals, if Joe Burrow can get that injury under control... I think the Bengals still squeak into the playoffs. Last one here. If blank gets hot, blank could run the table. No, the Lions. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Is that not the answer? I don't think so. Okay. Are we eliminating the 49ers and uh, the Eagles and the Chiefs? Like the That is up to you. The Dolphins. But aren't they, but aren't the they already answer? hot? Yeah, that's true. All right. I mean, uh, the Chiefs, I mean, yeah, but they... They played the Bears, so have they played a full 60 Ooh. against a competitive team? I, I think Baltimore. I think if Baltimore gets hot, they run they can they can run the table. That's a big if right yeah. now. But I agree with you. But they that got a lot be... of they, they got a lot of issues. And that's a Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like if Lamar problem. is an MVP. Yeah. And, and, and I think Lamar's played great. I do. But if Lamar catches like MVP status again, mm-hmm. yeah. Ravens. He's still got a lot to prove in the postseason, though. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll play Beat the Streak, and we'll have our biggest question of the day next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fastlane's biggest question of the day. All right, as Marsh noted, we do need a new Beat the Streak contestant. So if you want to text in 314-399-9646, Beat the Streak or, you know, Streak or whatever, you'll have an opportunity to take us on. You're all going streaking. In the quad. Snoop. 
Uh, but first, biggest question of the day. All right, gentlemen, we had Adam Wainwright on the show. Not our show, but the opening drive, Wednesdays with Wayno. I wanted to ask you guys, since Adam Wainwright has come out and said he will not pitch the rest of the season, did this season change your overall opinion on Adam Wainwright as a St. Louis Cardinal? Uh, no. No, I, I don't feel that way. I mean... He's one of the greatest Cardinals of all time in many ways, on the field, off the field. Uh, he's been uh, just a fixture in that clubhouse and that dugout in that rotation. Did we think that this? Did we really think this year was going to be uh, you know, some kind of a Cy Young year for Adam Wainwright? I think everybody had question marks surrounding this season based on the way he ended last season. Adam himself came out and described why the back half of the season last year was not good for him. And I think we all um, understood at that point. We all, I guess, realized that, okay, maybe he was injured. Maybe something happened. We're going to give him another shot at it. Things didn't go well out of the gate for Adam Wainwright. He ended up back on the IL. It's been a battle for him all year long. But... Being there the night that he won his 200th game, I don't think anybody feels any differently. No. You know, I I think that everybody knew that this could potentially be a rough year. Guy's been pitching forever, and he's battled injuries, and he's been an innings eater for all of his career. I mean, at the end of the day, it was more likely for him to have an off year than an on year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, given his age and given how last season ended. Yeah, Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it it would have been nice had... Remember the year he had a couple of, you know, three years ago where he he saved the rotation. He he, he kept the... uh, The pandemic year, he saved the damn team because he put the team on his back. Not only that, I think it was the the following year, too, he did did the same thing. (laughs) That was was when you said, uh, and I quote, I want to have Adam Wainwright's babies. I said I would have his babies. Sure. Yeah. I thought thought she said want, but... Both, you know what? need. I need to have Adam... Either way. Either way. Here's the thing. I'd be touched by greatness. You certainly would. Yeah, absolutely. He's had a great career. And the last two guys that, you know, two of the last three guys that retired, uh, Albert obviously had had his journey, and I'm glad he made his way back. But Yachty stayed in the same organization. Mm-hmm. He was drafted here. He played his entire career here, and he wound up retiring here. Adam Wainwright was acquired here, but he wasn't acquired and then entered the big leagues. He, he was also in the minors here. So he grew up a Cardinal. Yeah, so he's somewhat homegrown. Yeah, absolutely. So he grew up here. At any point, he could have left in free agency. He could have signed a one-year deal with his hometown Braves at, at some point the last there couple of years. There were some rumblings. He kept coming back here. This year was a disaster on all fronts, not just not just from Wainwright's you know, season, um, but the team. But he, he caps it off in his final start. He's vintage. He's vintage Adam Wainwright. You're welcome, Adam. And it was all because of Jamie Rivers. I got him started. Yeah. Ryan Helsley was on BK and Ferrari talking about closing out Adam Wainwright's 200th win. Yeah, who opened it? Why, yeah, why don't we talk about who opened it? Either way, doesn't I've heard, matter. I've heard, I've heard Ryan Helsley selfish, and it sounds like that fits the bill. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that. I don't know that to be true or not. Anthony. I don't either, actually. Um, uh, I shouldn't have said it. Yeah. But getting back to the original. Sorry that he feels that way. Yeah, very much so. Back to the original question. No. If you have a a different view of Adam Wainwright based upon the last season in an epic career, then that's a you problem. It's not an Adam Wainwright problem. He's a 
first ballot Cardinal Hall of Famer for mm-hmm. sure. I don't know about the actual Hall of Fame. I, I think he falls short on that. But the fact that he's even in a discussion or even a thought of it tells me he's had a pretty damn good career. Absolutely. Who do we have for Beat the Streak, Marsh? Baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. We have Johnny joining us today. What's up, Johnny? Here's Johnny. How's it going? You ready to rock? Oh, yeah, let's go. All right, I don't think you're going last either, right, Marsh? I know I didn't get a hit last night. No, the only person that... Picked up a hit last night was Jamie Rivers, wow. thanks to Richie Palacios. That's my guy. So Jamie's streak is up to what, two? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> an epic streak. Yeah, Anthony. it is. So it's Jamie, then Johnny, then me, then Marsh, right? That is correct. All right, Jamie, go for it. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Tommy Edmond for the hit. I, I thought about doubling down with Jordan Walker because obviously I think he's going to hit a home run, which would be a hit. But I think Tommy Edmond gets on base. First at-bat of the game, and I think Jordan Walker hits a home run right there, after him. There you go. I'm going to take right. care of everything in the top or the bottom of the first. Yeah, top of the are. first. My bad. Top of the first, yeah. I, yes, Anthony. The top, not the bottom. Johnny, who would you like? And you took my guy. I don't even know what lineup I'm looking at here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing again? You know what? Say say a name, and we'll we'll tell you if he's in the lineup or even on the exist. roster. Yeah. You know what? He stole my guy. I'm gonna take Jamie's. I'm gonna go Walker. There you go, buddy. I like that. Fair play. And I was gonna take Walker. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll go with. I'll go with uh, Wilson Contreras' brother, William Contreras. William Contreras is gonna be my pick. Marsh. Yeah, this uh, this poor fella hasn't picked up a hit yet in uh, the 2023 season. Uniel Kiracuto. Okay. I'm going to go with him. You're just having fun, aren't you? I'm just yeah, having fun. Yeah, I mean, Marsh has been about win. the storylines. The storyline guy. You know, I respect that. All I right. do, too. I like it. Jamie's Jamie's going with Tommy Edmond tonight. Johnny, our newest contestant, is going, is going with Jordan Walker. I'm going with William Contreras. And Marsh is going with his guy, Kiracuto. Nice job. All right. Johnny, we appreciate you playing, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yep, for sure. Talk to you then. There you have it. There is Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. When we come back, what you missed, criticisms, compliments. Next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything today during the fast lane, we got you covered. Podcast available at 101ESPN.com or check us out on the 101 ESPN mobile app. The podcast is brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked about last night's Blues and Blue, Blue Jackets game. Talked about the physicality being back here in St. Louis. Also had our guy Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic on. So had a spirited conversation about some of the storylines impacting the Blues. Played around the horn and proved me wrong in NFL fill-in-the-blank. Had one of the uh, worst gauntlets in gauntlet history. <laughs> find out why why things went sideways there in a hurry, if you listen to the podcast, because gauntlet, again, not great. And sprinkled in some Cardinals and uh, more frustrating conversations. 
around that team. Jamie got ticked off again about the Wills Contreras situation. Uh, had a good had a good talk about the the direction for the Cardinals in 2024, lack thereof. And uh, yeah, been a good show, fun show. We appreciate all the interactions. Speaking of which, Marsh, do we have any criticisms and compliments? Yeah, we certainly do. We were talking about Wilson Contreras and the Cardinals, and if they make a, a similar move that they did last offseason, if they do it again this offseason, uh, who knows how uh, the, the fans will react. But from the 636 bottom line, if this happens, Mo needs to be fired, and Anthony needs to dump a bucket of Budweiser on his head. I think that's probably a better way to go than what I said that one yeah. day. So yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. This is this oh, is the yeah. biggest uh, this is the biggest off season. All all kidding aside, this is the biggest off season of Mo's career. Oh, absolutely. You talk about legacy. Like he's done some really good things in St. Louis. I know people are ticked. I know people want him people gone. People don't want to hear that right now. But I get you it. You have had one heck of a successful franchise you for know, a really long time. The the other uh, Jamie. This is going to sound crazy, but people people were tired of Tony for a long time there. I remember first series, uh, Tony's got to go, Tony's got to go, Tony's got to go. He's lost his bit. Uh, then he wins the World Series, he walks away, and it's like, you know what they need? They need Tony back. You're going to appreciate the Mo decade at one point because he did win a World Series in 11. He did get you to the, the NLCS in 19. There was a lot of divisional round, and there was another series matchup in there. I think it was 2012, I believe. Uh, you went to the World Series in 2013. David Ortiz happened. There has been a fair amount of success. It's been this last seven or so years, minus 2019. LCS not too long ago. 2019. Uh, it's been frustrating. I get that. But he's had a good. He's had a good tenure. This though. This is it. This is like all of the stuff people were complaining about. Boom, boom, boom. Right in your face. Mm. This is what he'll be remembered for. Yes. Whether if the franchise nose dives and he doesn't take care of it, they'll remember the John Mosellock tenure as a failure. They won't remember all the good stuff. But if he's able to retool this, reshape this, and compete again next year and get this team into the playoffs... Mm-hmm. They'll remember, if nothing else, that this guy produced a lot of playoff teams. And maybe we can talk about this tomorrow, but Jamie, they are face-to-face now with their problems. Mo is face-to-face with the mistakes he's made. And that, while painful, is not a bad place to be, ultimately, if you're willing to make some changes. Like, this is, you, you can't run from it. You finish second in NL Central and you miss on the wild card. Ah, one or two games. Yeah, right there. You finish dead last in this division? Behind the Pirates? This division's, this division's improving. Sorry. You finished dead last behind the Pirates? You're face-to-face with your problems now. Mm. Your mistakes. This is your fault. The 314 says, The cards are a big poop sandwich, and we are all going to take a big bite out of it for a few years. We already Ooh, did man, this I thought, yeah, I thought... Man, a few I years. Don't know about I don't know I've already had a few bites there this year. Mm-hmm. You putting any uh, any veggies, any you know, any condiments on your your poop on sandwich? Your poop sandwich? Ah, yeah, I'm trying to you know I'm trying to drown out the poop with you know what? Though? Yeah, maybe I barbecue, feel like, sauce barbecue sauce. Yeah. I feel like that'll just make you think about it more. I'm just gonna hammer that thing down and get it yeah. over with. It. Yeah. yeah. I, I, res- I respect that. What if you like that. it? That would be weird. Wow. Well, 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 
think you have more problems than just is we your favorite like baseball it. team. I know. I don't that's like a good, it, that's a, yeah, I yeah. think worry about you. Though. I think you should be in a jacket, you know, somewhere. Blue and jacket? Not a blue jacket either. <laughs> a black jacket? <laughs> not a black one. How about a white one? <laughs> With really long arms. <laughs> yep. And some buckles and some, some buckles. <laughs> and a mouth guard. And some straps. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of that sports team. Yeah, they're new. They're coming. <laughs> I've been around a while, I think. <laughs> it's been under the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the 314, does Marshy have another date tonight? He's not wearing a hat again. You are all dolled up <laughs> yeah. again. Can I not come to work trying to look like a... A nice, presentable human being. I mean, Marsh. We I mean, are... yesterday I woke up and went to work. But typically, that's that's your look. Yeah. I mean, consistently, this is that we're in. We're on radio. We didn't have the YouTube cameras for a while. Well, now we do. And now we do. But I, but you haven't you haven't dressed up a lot. Since no, the, I haven't since the YouTube cameras. Yeah, I thought I'd throw something nice on today. Oh yeah, look nice. Well, I you got that chest hair hanging out. Look at him. Don't Hell yeah, right here. here. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. He he's unbuckled up. He's what Anthony the, uh, does. He's got a little infield patch yeah, going. Yeah, he does. He's ready to go. I mean, oh, you're, yeah. you're no Anthony Stalter. You don't right. Have, you don't have a gold chain resting on a thick mattress of yeah, chest hair. Yeah. This is silver. I got yeah. a little dome turf up gold. here. I love the gold at home. It's, but it just rests on like four inches of hair. It's like, I remember one time... Anthony laid on the ground. I dropped an egg two stories up on his chest. It didn't break. No. Wow. Just like a pillow. Just yeah, that's impressive, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was that soft. That was the day huh? Jamie's like, I want to do radio with this guy. I, yeah, I was, I was yeah. a turning point right there. Yep. Yeah, the guys from uh, from the other guys, they weren't actually aiming for the bushes. <laughs> they were aiming for Anthony's yeah. chest. That's probably yeah, right. They wanted the to land on, on Anthony's chest. Spot. Yes. The first time I saw that scene. Equally as cushy. <laughs> yeah, very true. Well said, Jamie. The first time I saw that scene, I couldn't stop laughing because it was so stupid. <laughs> when they look at each other, like, "What do you think, partner?" and they jump off the building. Oh, yeah. like, wow, they're actually going to—they're going to land and be safe. And then you're like, "Oh, oh, that's exactly oh. how it should be." Yeah. I was—I was dying laughing at the stupidity of that. What do you think, partner? Aim for the bushes. <laughs> that's all right. Such a dumb. Moment. So good. Uh, all right, last one here from the 314. The fast lane. Come for the professional uh, professional execution. Stay for the fun. That's not a bad tagline. It doesn't fit in our motto, though. It's a great tagline. But, uh, again, to, rem- to remind everybody what our two mottos are. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of right now, there are only two. We, we could add at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, we added uh, mod- a few during the show. Yeah. A couple yeah. of rules. But uh, motto number one. It'll oh. bury the bodies. No, that's no, true. Nobody's that's safe. Nobody's, nobody's safe. I don't even know our own yeah, thing. I'm okay. like Jamie, not yeah. knowing what You're segment fine. it is. You know, it happens. Go it home. Does. Go home. Review the fast lane. Check out your code. manual. There's two pages. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Says nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. Page two. Bury the bodies. Bury the bodies. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It must have been printed on the same paper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cardstock. Got- really. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and they're mottos. They're not. They're not rules. You know. They're. Uh, it's a, it's a way of life in For a sure. Lifestyle. Exactly. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle change. Yes, it sure Here is. the fast lane. All right, we have Mariners and Astros. <laughs> Pre-game starting at 8 o'clock tonight, but we do have instant replay from 6 to 7. But this uh, Astros and Mariners are battling it out for that last wild card spot. So, pivotal Meaningful series. Meaningful baseball. Meaningful for base someone. for somebody. <laughs> 
Ah, oh, good for you, all you teams competing for playoff spots. You That's, braggers. That must be nice. Tomorrow night we got Blues and Blackhawks pregame at uh, 6.30. But tonight, again, Mariners and Astros following instant replay. Two days from now, Auto Center's Nissan Herculaneum will be broadcasting live there. they got their huge anniversary sale going on, so come visit us, say hello. We appreciate it. Take some photos, uh, and then drive off in your next new ride. Auto Center's Nissan Herculaneum, live broadcast in a couple of days. But we'll see you tomorrow right here in the Fast Lane. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.